0: Everybody, and welcome to Ornate Stairwells, episode one hundred. I'm Autumn, and I'm joined as always by Neve. A hundred years of excellence. Ah, century of excellence. Anyway, hi, Neve. Hi. We're back, motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, that's the podcast. Uh, let's wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The thing, uh, I'm really, I really like my new job. Yeah. The thing is that now I work on Fridays and I'm like, how the fuck do you have the energy to record after work? I'm sleepy. I'm ready to go the fuck to sleep.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're recording a little bit earlier too, because I have to get on a train. Yeah. Uh, not tonight, but really early tomorrow. Yeah. So...
0: Your your kiddo is visiting family.
1: Yeah, with my wife.
0: Yeah. Your wife and your kiddo But were, I
1: had work today.
0: And so you're gonna go tomorrow and so we we didn't have to put a child to bed, so we were just able to record earlier.
1: Yeah. I don't know what you're trying. I feel more energized than normal. I didn't I got off work and then I just like lazily packed some stuff. I just chilled and played some fashion dreamer while like listening to Japanese punk music.
0: I also had kind of a weird day at work. Um, it was mostly good because when I came in to work today, I was like, Oh man, my manager
1: Sorry for cracking open a cold one.
0: Yeah. But liquid death.
1: Yeah. Um I was it's like just oh. water despite its very cringe name. I I, I, I walked just like how it tastes.
0: Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you walked into work. I walked into work and I was I talked to my manager for a second I was like, oh man, I forgot to bring my uh Uh, My lunch that I packed, I packed a lunch and then I left it at home. And he's like, oh, do you want to just drive home on your lunch break and uh, work from home the rest of the day? And I was like, sure, whatever. (laughs) We're being loosey-goosey with it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then my coworkers were a little annoying the rest of the afternoon. Um, They were asking me questions that I'm like, I'm new here. I don't know. Uh, But it's it's whatever. I mostly had a... little bit of a frustrating day, a little bit of a weird day, um, but yeah, I'm just kind of tired now, <laughs> and I don't know how you're, how I'm supposed to do a podcast, but that's immaterial, because we're fucking back. Yeah. You, listeners don't know the anguish we've been going through the last, like, the last seven days or so. Yeah, it's especially, we got to the end of Yoko Nikki, that's like the big thing.
1: Yeah. And then we were talking about what are we going to do next? Like, maybe Master Margarita. I was like, ah, I guess I'll try and figure out, like, maybe what would the breakdown be just so we have a sense even to help us make the decision.
0: I kind wanna... of, I kind of felt most passionate about Rosa Versailles, but I didn't really want to double up on what GGP was doing. Yeah. Um, and I also didn't want to be like, ooh, the manga is so much better than the anime. Hmm. Yeah. While they're doing the
1: anime. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean I haven't Which seen Which I'm not even sure anymore. is true. Like I've watched uh, two episodes of that anime now. That anime seems pretty fucking good.
1: Yeah, I should start watching it now that I I know we're not doing it. Cuz yeah. I, I didn't want to like have the Across anime the streams. Yeah. In, in my head while we were talking about the Yeah. the manga. Uh, but we're not doing that. We talked about my summer vacation too. Yeah, um, the and like maybe doing a game thing where like maybe once a month we would have an episode that would actually be, up, be about the game and then the other episodes would just be kind of
0: i was i was like kind of most excited about that episode that concept but also i was like and i guess we could still do that you know if we wanted but i was kind of most excited about that concept except for the fact that i don't know how we cover video games on this podcast you know yeah
1: um yeah i, I felt like the best would be We set, like, a deadline when it's going to be done and when we'll, like, actually talk about it. And then the rest of the time is just kind of the freeform stuff that we were kind of doing.
0: Which I guess, like, we could do. We could do, like, episode 101, movie, episode 102, movie, episode 103, Summer Vacation 2. I don't really want to do that, but that's on the table, you know? Yeah. But I'd rather just do movies because we're fucking back. The other thing that's nice about movies is,
1: like... When we do movies, we just hang out and we watch the movie. Uh huh. And everything else is like homework I got to do on my own.
0: Yes, yes. That's the other. That's the big thing is I just didn't want to add more reading to our schedules. Yeah. It like I haven't been reading like comics for fun for months until like the last three days because um, between stairwells and coffee and comic books, I just had enough comics on my plate that I wasn't reading anything else, and now. I'm kind of feeling refreshed, and I'm, like, reading stuff that's, like, so outside the realm of what we cover. I've been reading, like, Flash Gordon comics, and, you know, I've been reading more um, 80s X-Men and some 90s Spider-Man. No, the good 90s Spider-Man, not the bad 90s Spider-Man. And so, like, I've I've been sort of getting back into it because I'm doing... I just have to get, like, so totally far away from what I've been doing on the podcasts for months, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm also excited because I, especially lately, I've been, like, just wanting to watch movies more. Yeah. Um, and finding it harder to, like, do that. Um, and part of it is that it's just, like, harder for me to watch stuff like that at work now because uh, I don't have to, like balance the the amount of like multitasking distraction that i have to like maximize my brain's ability to focus on work anymore Uh uh-huh uh i just have medication for that Uh uh-huh um so now i often want stuff that i will really not pay attention to which means i'm back to listening to music in a way that i haven't been
0: yeah Um, i've been listening to music um it's probably going to drop off now that I have to take calls. Um, yeah. When I was in training, I was just listening to music at work all the time. But now that I'm like on the phones. Uh, but yeah, I'm in a yeah. music mood.
1: That and the vods are the, the other thing I yeah. do a lot at, at work. And then usually, because now I'm in the office Monday and Wednesday. So those have become my uh, big podcast days. huh. Because I don't have like... like <clears throat> I'll sometimes listen while I'm commuting. If someone, like, nobody calls me, um, I'll listen to some stuff that's, like, a little bit more I don't mind if I miss a little bit while I'm at work, especially there, because I don't really want to have, like, an vod going at work. Right. So, um, Um. like, when I'm in office, so.
0: But we've both been, I feel like I'm I'm getting back into a comics mood, I'm getting back into a music mood, um...
1: And I want to be movie, m- like, moated again. But also the thing is, I would sometimes be like, oh, I should watch, like, a movie. Like, I'm kind of interested in this. But not only is it, like, I don't have the the psychic motivation of this is something I, d- I can talk about on a podcast. Mm-hmm. But I actually felt at times disincentivized because I was like, well, if I watch this and then I want to talk about it, I can't. Yeah. I'll go to a podcast, and I'll have watched it, and I might have things to say, and I just have to, like, text the group chat or something.
0: Yeah. I just, I just, you know, I think it'll take a little time to ease back into movie mode. You know, we might, the next couple weeks... And I don't think I'm going to be at that level where I was, like, having, like, ten some weeks,
1: just because I... Again, with like Adderall, I don't need that kind of constant stimulation for my brain while I'm at work. Right. And it's actually better for me to not do that because now it is just a distraction rather than this weird distractions uh-huh. st- stimulation thing that keeps my brain from completely like derailing and crashing. So. Right. Um, but I'll but still you... probably try and watch some stuff sometimes.
0: Yeah, well, pro- it'll probably take a little bit to ease back in, especially because we've both been a little gamer mode. It's just, you know... I think fits our attention spans and fits moreover our schedules a little better right now. Yeah. Um, we both have been just like I feel like it has been much easier for me to find thir- 30 minutes to game and then oh 30 minutes became 2 hours um then I am making a commitment up front of 2 hours, you know, yeah. but
1: I, I think, think the Steam Deck Steam Deck was a big thing for me too cuz I could kind of feel like man maybe it's like I'm ready to play more video games. I can kind of feel it happening. Um, and then I got the Steam Deck, which is, like, new toy. Yeah. You know, I want to play with that and stuff. I, w- I was feeling slightly bad that I just, like, haven't been building gunpool much for a while. Hmm. I've been, like, occasionally I'll have a night where I try. But it's been a lot slower going.
0: You getting a Steam Deck has been weirdly big for me gaming because you getting a Steam Deck, like, I've had mine for a lot longer. Um, and when I first got it, I was using it all the time. And then over the summer, you know, I was... Using it for Witcher, but you getting a Steam Deck really reignited like, um, my like gamer mode. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll ease back into movie mode, mm. and we'll be doing movies on here. Um, we don't know too much about mm. the terms of the SAG-AFTRA contract as of time of recording. You probably listening to this on Tuesday, no more than we do, because I believe it's being sent out over the weekend for the union members to vote on. Yeah um and so i guess the strike is over if the union members vote that down i don't know does is the strike back on yeah i don't know from there what happens so who knows maybe
1: maybe we're not back maybe this is maybe you're listening to this with a knowing smile
0: yeah but but also like i feel like like once a contract has been sound out, sent out, it probably accelerates negotiations a little bit, you know. If if everybody votes it down, like, um, you know, I feel like we've gotten this far, you know, whatever, whatever. I'm not gonna yeah. speculate because I don't know shit about fuck. Um, we'll see. We will see. Um. So, we, during the strike, you watched Barbie.
2: Yeah.
1: And at the time, I had a lot of feelings about it. And those have faded, it sounds like. I mean, I still have, like, the general feeling, but it's just the... I I think, like, it's this just broader thing about, um, especially, like, Hollywood blockbusters, but I think, like, a lot of mainstream culture right now. Mm-hmm. Which is that, like, the Barbie movie contains within it both, like, Uh, extreme, like, you know, oh, we're making a reference to this, like, obscure limited edition Barbie thing from the 80s or something. Right. Uh, It's a movie that's obviously for people who like Barbie. It also contains within it characters that voice the the primary critiques of Barbie. Uh It's also a movie that points out that, like, Barbie is a thing that is still, like, predominantly sold by a company that currently is, like, run mostly by men. But it was also created by a woman. But also, and it's just, like, there, it's, like, trying to contain within it, and also in this very specific way, it is trying to not only, like, have all the different opinions that someone might have about Barbie, but also try to, like, set the limits of that conversation. Uh Uh-huh. In a way that then becomes about how the... The guy who runs the Barbie company does still just really care about, like, you know, empowering girls and all of that. It's it's just... Like, and this is just a mode that I think a lot of stuff is entered into where, like, we talked about this with Marvel stuff that, like, came up with... Marvel stuff. She-Hulk and stuff, but, yeah. Lego
0: Batman, um, Space Jam 2, like, it's just a...
1: So, I think, like, when I saw it on my Locked account, I just tweeted, like, the dominant genre uh, in, like, mainstream media right now is not superheroes. It is, like the thing that is both the celebration and the critique of the thing. And in order, like specifically guiding the, what the conversation is about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so it's just this like, and I feel like there's a, 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 tide turn that's happening since like, yeah, when the strike started yeah, and we went on hiatus. Like... And now I feel in this way that before I was sort of talking about the MCU and to like, the normies in my life so Uh to speak uh and they would be more defensive about like the mcu and why they like it and i just feel like in the interim i felt the sea change where a lot of just like normal people that i talk to yeah are fucking tired of the mcu
0: yes yes
1: um i don't without like the actual changes to the material conditions about making movies and all of the actual like Problems that result in These like lifeless uh, Made in, in post Primarily uh-huh. like films uh-huh. I don't Have faith that like Superheroes becoming Passé again Is going to be the thing that is going to fix Hollywood movies Right But we'll probably at least at get least a period I- where people Will be trying to figure out what to do and there might be some weird Stuff in there Yeah,
0: And also at least Superhero movies will fucking die. (laughs) Yeah. And I can go back to liking superheroes. (laughs) And maybe there will at least be like a...
1: a Awareness that you can only take the interrelated movies so far... Before people get fucking sick of it.
0: (laughs) uh, Like, just genuinely, like, I would talk to people... Like, who like Marvel movies that are like... Yeah, I kind of, since the pandemic, have fallen off because... I didn't want to have to watch three TV shows to understand the new movie. Yeah. um, Which is, it's amazing that they made the MCU suck in the exact same way that Marvel Comics suck. (laughs) (laughs) Predictable. But um, anyway, two movies I watched.
1: I also can't believe that Disney got Star Wars and then fucking killed it. God. I mean, I know people still like the fucking shows, but it's fucking bad. No Bad one. Out there. No
0: one likes Ahsoka. Yeah.
1: No, there are people on Twitter who fucking love Ahsoka and want to tell you about the the deep uh, symbolic imagery of you see someone walking in some mist and then they literally just like edit in a shot of Darth Vader walking in the mist. Shut and up. Then...
0: No, they don't.
1: Did, did you not see this week no, going around? This no, was a while ago.
0: No. No.
1: I mean, it's like the mist, like sort of obscures, and then they like cut. And it's, like, the mist, and then you see, like, Darth Vader with the lightsaber. This so shot no, should be taught in film classes. Yeah. get Ahsoka is seeing mm. what's going to happen.
2: Wait, wait do, till you,
1: these... You, <laughs> it's, it's really deep. Wait till It's he's, almost as deep as when Daenerys has the dragon wings behind her, because the dragon's starting to fly. And it looks like the wings are coming out of her back.
0: Wait till these people find out about the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> When he cuts off Darth Vader's head and Luke's in there, oh my god.
1: That's actually better because it's fucking weird.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. It's The Empire Strikes Back. It's a great movie. Um, (laughs) This is a pro-Empire Strikes Back podcast. Sorry to have the controversial opinions.
1: (laughs) Um, I still think it's a shame that they never made any more Star Wars. The first one. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Um, one other thing I wanted to say about Barbie is, oh yeah, there are moments where it's like trying to go into the campy, like musical stuff. And it especially tries to lean into this, like, uh, Busby Berkeley style, Mm -hmm. um, where there's like really intensely coordinated dance stuff where people are like moving in geometric shapes, but they're very clearly achieving it through CG and they're also, Despite the fact that they have CG to achieve this, rather than having like the actual spectacle of people fucking practiced how to move like this in like such synchronicity,
0: you, CG dance numbers. Well, it's
1: like the the people are like dancing and then they're like CGing how they're moving through the space to some degree.
0: What are we fucking doing here? I, I, yeah, everybody on that set was a theater kid in high school.
1: Yeah. But to get that level of timing, you would probably have to practice more than they want to do, so they did it in post. Because that's what Hollywood is now.
2: Jesus. So, but not only do you
1: have the spectacle of people are actually just doing this level of synchronicity, which is fucking incredible in Busby, uh, Busby Berkeley things, but they also aren't at the level of ridiculously over the top, just most camp thing ever. Like if that happens at Busby, if you have the tech to do it, fucking go! Like, give me fractal dancing. Give yeah. me like dancing that would be impossible to achieve.
0: There's like, there's like five minutes of Spider Man Far From Home. Where it becomes actually an animated movie. Where like Mysterio um like wraps Spider Web into Spider-Man into his, you know, mist. Um and it becomes actually an animated movie as like an animated Spider-Man runs through like horrifying visions or something. Um, and it's like this is way better than everything else in the movie. Why isn't the movie this?
1: Let me see if I can find. Uh, can I do the the GIF version? Yeah, it, just type um,
0: GIF it into the. Oh, that probably works too.
1: Um. This one was a little bit better. The one that's like in Barbie's house or whatever. Um. This one you'll probably. Mm, I still feel like there's a a trick happening here with CG, but there's like oh here. This is the one where, where just CG is happening with the way that they're having people move around.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, the What's...
1: people are moving, but they're compositing them into the shot. Yeah. They're not all there actually moving.
0: No, no, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Ryan Gosling and uh, Sam Liu, is that his name, are playing uh, yeah, Rock, like, Paper, Scissors? Yeah, like, this one, too. Like, yeah. this...
1: This guy getting hit in the head with the lacrosse stick...
0: Is not is, in the same set as yeah, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, just was
1: shot separately from this of Ryan Gosling and, like, these two other guys, like, doing kung fu poses. And was pro- those were probably also shot differently than this guy with the, like, binoculars behind them. Yeah. You know? What are they um, fucking doing here? You And put... it's, it's just, like...
0: You put I, actors in a room and you, yeah. you put a camera on them. It's not hard.
1: I feel like there was like a period where the spectacle of CG was a thing and it was called like Attack of the Clones yeah. and Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And now CG is not the the spectacle of watching a bunch of like CG figures move around just cannot compare to, like, Kurosawa got 1,000 guys and put them all on this thing and got a camera really far away and shot them running.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know, you you, you look at Jurassic Park, right? Yeah. Um, and if, I think comparing other CG to Jurassic Park is unfair because it's Jurassic Park. But also, the reason that Jurassic Park is so stunningly good is that, like, Phil Tippett, like, one the, the dinosaur supervisor on yeah. Jurassic Park... Um, like, he, like, Phil Tippett was, Phil Tippett was an old hand at ILM. He worked on Star Wars. He worked on Empire. He worked on Raiders of the Lost Ark. And so, like, you take, like, this person with years and years of craft in real, like, practical effects, and then you, like, okay, now you get this new toy, and he's going to sort of push that new toy to its limits with the CG stuff, you know? Um, That's very... That's just a different way of going about it than, um like, we're trying to save five bucks, you know?
1: Yeah. And also, it's a thing of, like... I feel like a lot of earlier CG was aware of the limits of it. Yeah. Um... And and so it was sometimes smarter about using it. Yes, I mean Attack of the Clones like definitely is like just seeing CG as part of the spectacle. Yeah, when you go to watch that, and some of the CG like doesn't hold up in the same way anymore right, because right. just like graphics have moved past. But mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, now it's just. A very easy way to do some sort of special effect, or to just be like, rather than us having to choreograph everything, let's just like have the people and we can fix it in post and stuff.
0: Well, it it also ties into the thing that like everybody's talked about over the last few years of like, um, I always think of this as having happened to, well, I guess Ryan Coogler sort of was, Ryan Coogler is a bad example, but um, I'll use him because he's the first guy that comes to my mind. Um, Ryan Kugler does, um, you know, Fruitvale Station, uh, incredible movie. He makes it for like $12 out of his own yeah. pocket. You know, it's all, you know, just a very down to earth drama. And then, you know, after that, it's like, and now you're doing Black Panther. And it's CG everything. And it's like, and, and the reason Ryan Coogler is a bad example is because he had Creed in there, which was sort of a middle step. But there yeah. are a lot of directors um, that go from indie movie, not very much budget, very like there's three sets and six actors um, to biggest movies in the world that are entirely made in post. And so like a lot of the directors just don't get the years of honing their craft that say like, Spielberg does you know Directing TV for years Before he gets to making You know Jaws or yeah. whatever You know, And some
1: of it almost cynically feels Like the studios Like w- wanting to pick Indie darlings who they can Get and Are going to like take the gig for lots Of money because you just yeah. Get Marvel money and then yeah, you move on But then it's also like a way that they Can like They probably know that that indie like director or that like small scale director is not going to be as mu- as demanding about like all the control over things. Right. As somebody who's been doing this for a really long time.
0: Like, like Edgar Wright is a hack, but like Edgar Wright left Marvel because he had like the years of experience to be like, I didn't get to make the project my way. And so I didn't yeah. make the project, yeah. you know? um, And, and yeah, like Edgar, Edgar Wright's generation of filmmaker is like the last last group of people who got to and it's also just you know much like much like a problem in video games now like like movies take a lot longer to come out you know like just like you know and
1: also there's a lot of reliance on the we'll get it in post Mm -hmm. kind of stuff because a lot of the people doing that work especially the like graphics work are non-union and it's specifically like an attempt to move away from union work
0: The sort of like new Hollywood, Spielberg, Scorsese, that generation, um, like, you know, especially in their early careers, were making like multiple movies a year. And then, you know, even once they hit it big, are still making like a movie every year or two, as opposed to, you know, directors now. A movie takes them four or five years to make. And so it's just like a different, you know... Like they just don't get to hone their craft in the same way, and so I don't. I like I. I grabbed Ryan Coogler as a director. I really like Chloe Zhao, not so much. Um, but I don't. I don't mean to single either of them out necessarily, because um, I think it's like a fault in the system. And those yeah. are just two names that came to my mind of like, you know. Yeah. Um. this this is, this is anybody we're preaching to the choir right now yeah. but also we are back and this is what we do on this podcast as yeah. we preach to the choir Um it does feel like it does feel like public opinion has changed a little bit in the in the months since the strike and we will see Uh I think I mentioned, you know, um I think I mentioned toward the beginning of the year on this show like Trying to find a way to be optimistic of like, you know, these things move in move in cycles. You know, yeah. like if you were a movie goer in say like nineteen fifty eight to nineteen sixty two, you're like, they make like three movies a year now, and they're all like Cleopatra level spectacles, and they suck, um, and uh, you know. And now we.
1: With all of our Marvel movies, are like, Cleopatra, did you see how many guys they put on the screen at once? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um... You know, if you're if you're around for the studio system collapsing, you probably were like, movies aren't as good as they used to be. And then you know the cycle kind of moved, and you know then you get all the classics. The period where basically
1: every single movie was a fucking western. I'm sure lots of people were sick of that. Yeah, I'm
0: sure there are a lot.
1: But but now you can just opt into being a western guy and be like, I'm going to watch a bunch of westerns.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. So,
1: just now I'm thinking about like the people in like. 10 20 years who are going to be the like uh real I'm I'm into like the the old superhero movies you know from like the 2020s
0: we're going to be so 2010s crush-ty. and 2020s we're going to be like in our 50s and 60s being like I cannot believe there is a retro revival of MCU movies I cannot believe that there's MCU nostalgia <laughs>
1: This is completely unrelated to
0: what yeah. you're saying. I just remember... No, 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 ...that I got an email
1: today uh-huh. from Arrow, the streaming service, uh-huh. that it's November. And fucking And go. you were, like, in that moment, texting me about being stressed at work, and I was like, I'm not just gonna, like, send messages that's gonna make Autumn, like, have more coming I, at them. I... I, I think you would have been excited, but I still just, like wanted to minimize the messages to just yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. that the, sounds really tough. The
0: the 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 space we were in probably around the time you got that email was I was texting you something and you're like, oh well did you try talking to them about it? Oh like, yes I fucking tried talking about it. And then I was like, I shouldn't snap at you. Yeah. You didn't do anything about it. <laughs> um, so I appreciate you not mentioning it. But Noir Vember, yeah. let's fucking yeah. Go. So
1: reason for you to go check out Arrow is apparently there's noir movies on there right now. Let's fucking go. Um <laughs> The best way to get you movie moded yeah. is
0: is throw <laughs> some fucking noir movies at you. I did yeah, so so Films Noir. Besides besides The Last Crusade and Robin Hood Men in Tights. I don't remember if I I don't remember um, if I, you mentioned
1: Yeah on Mike that you that you would We watch we, we
0: talked about it right before. I'll I'll Talk briefly about those two in just a moment, probably a little more about The Last Crusade. Um, I did watch some MST3K um, a little bit, Uh, and one of the MST3K episodes I put on, people don't know, there's an MST3K app that you can get for your TV or your phone, and uh, it's a life changer. It's free. <laughs> uh and you here's the beauty. You just don't have to watch the new episodes. You just don't have to watch the new seasons. <laughs> I'm sure they're fine. Anyway, um the, uh, one of the MST3Ks I was watching was an extremely mid noir movie. Don't remember the title of it. Don't remember what happened in it. But I was legit not really listening to the jokes, just watching the movie. <laughs> Which sometimes is like the best um a, uh, there was another one I was watching that was, like, they did, like, a Republic serial, and then a, like, hour-long Bela Lugosi. Oh, he was, like, a mad scientist or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know? You know
1: what I've heard about that guy? Huh? He's dead.
0: Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah, I was just, like, watching that Republic serial, and also they would tell funny jokes, but I'm like... Man, the Republic Cereals had it. I understand why George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were like this. Yeah. I am um, um, de- I know
1: as you're drinking water, I'm debating, do I leave you to vamp for a little bit? Uh, cause, so for context, um, before we recorded, we got some uh, burrito tacos with the consomme. Mm-hmm. And I put a lot of hot sauce in mine. You put a lot
0: of hot sauce in yours. Which
1: was really good. I extremely enjoyed it. Your face was so <laughs> red. I,
0: bl- I just it, tried it, it, it was
1: <laughs> it was enough and I and I eat a lot of spice, so it has to be like pretty high for this. It was enough where I got like that high from it. Your which was <laughs> was pleasant for me. Though. Yes. Um but it was also still hot and like very spicy. And so I still wanted to cool it off, and I had uh, horchata. Mm-hmm. So I was drinking that because it's kind of sweet. So that's going to be like a good
0: counterbalance. What you're saying is it moved through your system extremely fast. Uh,
1: so I was drinking the soup, the the the, the liquid soup, the consommé. Uh huh. I was drinking all of the horchata. Uh-huh. I was also drinking my like tablet, yeah, uh, of, uh, <laughs> you know, electrolyte stuff in oh, water.
0: Oh, okay. So I have to pee. Yeah. Well, I can I can vamp, because my thoughts on Robin Hood men in tights are not that interesting, and you probably won't have much to add to my Last Crusade stuff, but I'll do men in tights first. Um, so, Nora and I were... Well, I'll wait. You're like... Yeah. The the, the the closet where we record is a little more cramped than usual today, listeners. I can't... Here we go. Uh, Nora and I were eating dinner one night, and we were just, like, trying to pick something to watch, and I was like, oh, I've never seen Robin Hood Men in Tights, and she was like, what? And she hit play on it immediately, and, um, that movie's all right! I, it's not my favorite Mel Brooks movie by a pretty wide margin, um, it's, it's like, okay, there are some laughs, um, but I just that movie has like such a beloved reputation that just it did not hit for me. But also, you know, there are some jokes that really did work. Um, the 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 big thing for me with that movie is it felt like felt like Mel Brooks didn't know what to do with Carrie Elwes because you know obviously like you know the 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 Princess Bride. Uh, a, performance is so iconic you know the the Errol Flynn um, impression in Princess Bride is just like such a you know is such an iconic performance and Mel Brooks is obviously you know playing around with that you know um, playing on viewers know Carrie Elvis. oh my arm you're crushing my arm
1: <laughs> <laughs> what was your arm doing there <laughs>
0: Um, what is this? What Does it look like? It looks like a ID card holder that ha- says uh, "Every day is great at your Guinness."
1: Um, it's like one of those ones that you could put on um a lanyard. No, uh, you can like strap onto like uh luggage. You know oh. I mean? ID identification stuff.
0: Okay. Um, but yeah, I just think that in in Robin Hood Minentite, it's like. Um, Mel Brooks is trading on Carrie Ellis's like, um, Errol Flynn impression, and it doesn't hit the same because it's so tongue-in-cheek, you know. I think the the Princess Bride performance is largely the same performance, but it works because it's playing it straight, and the 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 comedy of that movie comes from like wordplay and um, you know, like good lines. And the comedy of Robin Hood Men in Tights comes from making fun of the type of movie, which you know, like I, uh, the this is one of the better Mel Brooks movies because it's like clearly a lot of affection for you know this style of movie, but um, I just I just don't think I just don't think it like hits the same when it's um, a, as Princess Bride, um, and. I, I also don't think it hits the same as like Blazing Saddles, you know, from the Mel Brooks perspective, you know uh, th- like Blazing Saddles is obviously a very just like joke a minute type movie Um, and Blazing Saddles is fucking hilarious in a way that like Robin Hood Men and Tights like the, the the hit rate on the jokes wasn't there yeah. um, I did really enjoy Rabbi Tuckman, that was pretty good <laughs> That was my favorite uh that was one of my favorite bits was read yeah. by Tuckman. Also also um uh Picard shows up in the very end as King Richard. Incredible bit. Yeah. Um it, it it's the it's the mid nineties, so he's fully doing Picard, you know? Yeah. Like he is wa- like like, you know. You see you see Patrick Stewart in Excalibur or in Dude and you're like, oh, that's weird. Patrick Stewart's so young. He's not Picard yet. Yeah. He shows up in uh Robin Hood and he's doing Picard. <laughs> um my
1: coworkers were recently talking, so I have like one that listens to some podcast about like basically uh like how did some bad movie even get made? Like how did how did the like they like How did this get made? Yeah, I think it I think that's what it's called. Okay. Um, and so then, I don't like that podcast. Yeah, he he really likes it. But then, uh, like My Horkers were talking about, uh, like sort of bad movies. Uh huh. Um, and then the Dune movie came up, and I was like,
0: motherfucker!
1: I was like, you need to watch that again with the awareness that David Lynch's whole thing is awkward comedies. Uh huh. She literally fades out and then fades back (laughs) in and it's like, wait, I forgot to tell you. The Spice is located on this desert planet called Dune. No, no, no. Or whatever. She
0: tells you all about Dune and then she's like, oh, I forgot to tell you about Paul Atreides. Oh, yeah. Paul Atreides. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. But
1: it's like, you need to watch it knowing that this guy's whole thing is awkward comedies. And it literally signals that it's a comedy with like the little intro thing. Yeah. I, it is intentionally supposed to be... I I strongly believe that that movie is intentionally supposed to be funny. It is It is, it is not a... It's not even a, a Micro Commando Diatron 5, which I love dearly, but some of the comedy comes from it's just a very poorly made anime.
0: Uh-huh. It's literally like... Like, Mel Brooks does the same joke for Spaceballs, where, like, the text crawl... Like is like, oh right, I forgot about this, but it's a woman. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it and it's all like delivered uh very straight, but like, you know, fades in, fades out in the really dramatic way that it would happen, and then fades back in. I forgot to tell you.
0: <laughs> the movie ends with a child screeching, Here's the Quizat Satarax! <laughs> Cut to credits. <laughs> Dune's incredible. <laughs> We will call you Muad'Dib. <laughs> Alrighty then. We'll call you Paul Muadi, Son. We're gonna bring you in to the, uh... What's it called? I can't remember the name of the secret. The, the Bookhouse Boys. The <laughs> um, them Boys. Them
1: fucking rolling out the the giant alien in the weird tank, yeah. and then at the end he's like, I wasn't here, you didn't see me and then <laughs> I have to roll him out to his giant spaceship.
0: <laughs> I wasn't Cloakland with his glorious and stupid '80s hair boards a worm and goes like ooh, like he's on the fucking Pirates of the Caribbean Disney World ride. (laughs) Dune fucking rules.
2: (laughs) They shoot people by going
1: deep. Wait, I just, I just realized we're gonna have to watch more David Lynch, aren't we? Oh my god, we gotta get back to that. Last <laughs> one we watched this Lost Highway.
0: <coughs> what do we have left? <coughs> um, Inland Empire, and we weren't gonna do Mulholland, right?
1: When we got to Mulholland, we were gonna do uh,
0: Persona. Persona. Well, I've been doing Persona for the last couple <laughs> months. Um,
1: yeah. What else is there?
0: Do 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 do. Oh, The Straight Story. The Straight Story. Aiden likes that movie. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, I don't know the first goddamn thing about it. I mean, I know what I read in the biography, like, a year ago at this point. Yeah. Um, God, that was... I wasn't even working at the last Starbucks that I worked at before...
1: (laughs) We took such a break from David Lynch that I'm really fucking excited to talk about some David Lynch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why our next movie will be Wild at Heart. <laughs> <laughs> um I actually
1: don't know what our next movie is going to be.
0: I don't know either. Yeah, we we haven't decided that. We'll go we'll go back to we will truly be back because we'll try to we'll spend the last 45 minutes of this podcast trying to figure it out. <laughs> um, remember when we used to try to pick the movie man, on air man we fucking
1: watched I mean well you watched it too uh-huh but em and I fucking watched one of the greatest movies ever made. Holy shit. We never did a Basic Instinct episode! We never did a fucking Basic Instinct episode. Holy shit! Are we shit. doing
0: Basic Instinct next? We're doing Basic Instinct right now, motherfucker! <laughs> no, we don't have to I kind of want to watch it again, I though. Kinda, I, let's, let's talk to Em. Yeah, we'll let's, talk to Em. We'll have a conversation with Em. m has been going through some things, so they'll probably... Yeah. I assume they will decline our offer, but I want to make the offer to them. Yeah. So... Um uh I probably probably we won't make the offer. They'll just hear this on Tuesday and
1: I mean we can make the offer. I we can guess. make the offer. Whatever. Um it also doesn't have to be in two weeks or a week or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I assume we're not immediately going to two weeks, but we or every week, but
0: uh yeah, I wanna do that soon. We were we've been talking about it. I would really like to get back to doing this podcast weekly now that um I don't have a job that's killing me slowly. Um, it'll probably take a little finagling of just, you know, we're like, I'm getting settled into my routine at work, but I'm starting to work from home sometimes, but it's a little ambiguous about what days of the week I will be working at home still. So might not be like weekly next week, but you know, as we get closer and closer to 2024, you know, like we'll try to work, keep working toward, you know, yeah. weekly stairwells again, um, with sort of like... Now that we've done the bi-weekly thing for a little while, you know, we can be like, oh, this week's super busy. We'll take a skip week, you know. Um,
1: Yeah. Uh, So. What up? Last Crusade. Uh, I was just going to say about Basic Instinct. That's the most, like, this is why I love erotic thrillers movie to me. This
0: is why I love movies. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Like, movies as well. But, like, it's a thing of, like, if you watch Basic Instinct and you're not, like, that's a fucking five-star movie... I just don't think you're going to have that much fun with erotic thrillers.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because um, that's a five-star fucking movie. And it's a five-star movie because, especially as somebody who's watched so many erotic thrillers, I watch it and I'm like, man, this is what erotic thrillers would be like if they had a budget. The, they, <laughs> they don't have to use, like, three sets. There are different sets.
0: Basic Instinct has, like... In a way that I think we're going to talk about with Perfect Blue... I think Basic Instinct has like kind of a bad ending that feels so perfect for the genre it's doing that it makes it good. You know? (laughs) Um, I really wish she just killed that guy at the end. Oh, and Basic Instinct. Yeah. I thought about Perfect Blue for a second. I was like, wait, (laughs) what?
1: (laughs) I feel like most of the guys died in that movie.
0: (laughs) Um,. Um, no, so Last Crusade. Speaking of George Lucas movies. <laughs> um. No, I just, I re- so Molly and I had a little date night. We watched uh, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, because I believe that is her favorite Indiana Jones movie. And, you know, I've talked about it on this podcast, like, I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark more times than I can count. I've seen Temple of Doom a bunch of times, even though um, <laughs> Temple of Doom is one of the worst films, (laughs) just full stop, you know, uh, I've seen it like a bunch of times, um, Last Crusade I'd only seen once, um, and so Molly and I watched it, and, um, you know, Nora and I over the years have gotten into arguments because she's like, oh, Indiana Jones, that's those George Lucas movies, I'm like, no, he's the producer on those movies, Steven Steven Spielberg movies Steven Spielberg directed those movies she's like no they're George Lucas movies I watched The Last Crusade and I'm like that's a George Lucas movie right there (laughs) there is a like neatness and tidiness and um, the the way that everything in The Last Crusade folds back in on itself and it's a reference to Raiders and um, like and also just the ILM like Like, you know, obviously there's a ton of special effects in um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, but the way that, like, Last Crusade is a, like, special effects-heavy movie in a way that just feels like, yeah, ILM is here and it's doing its thing and this is the next big project now that the, you know, Return of the Jedi is off their slate. Um, It's just, like, it's different, you know? (laughs) And so I, I... I really, really, really enjoyed The Last Crusade. Not as much as I enjoy Raiders, obviously, but, um, because I, I just, I can't enjoy things in much, as much as I enjoy Raiders. It is not possible. <laughs> um, but, um, I did really enjoy seeing *The Last Crusade* for the first time in probably a decade. Um, and that movies that movie's really good. Nothing yeah. nothing to say about it. Everybody knows I like adventure movies. I like adventure comics. You know, I've been having a Flash Gordon phase. Um, Nora Nora and I are contemplating possibly doing like some Flash Gordon serials, like like the old serials for. Um, uh, Pardon my franchise. After we wrap up this the North Star*, I'm not promising that because we'd have to figure out how we're doing that, what the format of that looks like. Are we doing all of them? Or are we just doing one of them? But yeah, you ever seen Buster Crab? Mm, look up, look up, Buster Crab for me, real quick, if you don't mind. C R B C R A B B E. Oh, there he is. That's Flash Gordon. Yeah. Like, he was born to be Flash Gordon. I don't know how he could do anything else with his life except be Flash Gordon. <laughs> it's I kind mean, of crazy. I mean, also just,
1: like, uh, be a guy on the beach wearing one of those old-timey... Uh, swimsuits. Swimsuits that have, like, the stripes and, it's like... Yeah. Uh, you know, goes up over your shoulders and stuff. Yeah. With the shorts...
0: And also, um, and also, I don't know if this is true, but have like, you know, rumors about him from the House Un-American Activities Committee, but not because he's a communist, but because he's gay.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm making that up entirely, but that's just, that's what his face reminds yeah, me of.
1: Yeah, the vibe just has a, um, you uh-huh. know, there's, the, he, he is a type. He is a friend of Harry Lyme. Whether whether or not he himself is gay, he is a very specific type that gay guys would go for. Yes, yes. Uh he's a real man's man, so to speak.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes. Um he's exquisite. Um Nora and I spent a lot of yesterday falling in love with Fuster Crab. Yeah. Via images on Wikipedia and contemplating Flash Gordon that we might watch in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
2: um I feel like
1: I mean there's been like various movies I've watched in between uh some of them with my kid. Most recent one was was Nightmare Before Christmas.
0: Sound like you um, had a lot of the first uh, stop motion animated movie they ever made. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> um, Pokemon's going to be
1: 10 10 years. <laughs> uh which I, I think there is a point in which like Sometimes they still just don't quite have the attention span for movies. Um, and also, I think it, like, got to this part where it was kind of dragging and you just want them to, like, go do the Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? But the, like, aesthetics of it is my kid's two favorite holidays, which I think this is true of a lot of kids, but, like, really, like, my kid fucking loves Halloween. Yeah. And not just the part where you wear a costume and you walk around and you get candy, but just loves the aesthetics of Halloween to such an extent that, like, especially for Halloween, we get Halloween clothing, and they will wear the Halloween clothing, like, a lot of the year. Yeah. Um, Like, very often they will want to wear the thing that's, like, black where it's, like, the skeleton top and bottom,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then it's just nowhere near Halloween, and I'm on the playground, and someone's, like is that a a Phoebe Bridgers thing? And I'm like, kind (laughs) of. Like, it's not not that? Yeah. Yeah. Love ghosts. Literally, like, one of their first words. It was like, uh, you know, mommy, mama, cat, and ghost. (laughs) Um but then they also love like Christmas and Yule and stuff. Uh-huh. So it's like all Halloweeny, but then it's like also Christmas. So.
0: I I meant to tell you about this, and I forgot. Um, you you're not you don't listen to by Genre too much, do you? I've been listening. Do you listen to the bonus odes? Yeah. Okay. D- did you listen to the D and D one? No.
1: So the the one thing is that their podcasts are long, and it's not my yeah. podcast that's long, but. The main one comes out when my podcast that's long comes out, uh-huh, so usually I don't get around to it for a while that's not fair. not even that I'm listening to mine mm-hmm. first. I do sometimes listen to it because there's like the three week gap, yeah, and it's nice to like remember what Connor and I were talking about, Uh-huh as we continue on
0: but. i just I just thought I would let you know um that during the d and d episode um Austin Walker um, expounds the virtues of the Yule Lads and says, go listen to this one important of true episode where they talk about the Yule Lads. Um, it's because of me. Everyone yeah. knows. Everybody knows about the Yule Lads because
1: of me. <laughs> this is not true of like necessarily everyone. But like mo- if you're listening to this podcast and you know about the Yule Lads, There's like a 98% chance that you learned it because of the Important of True episode where I wrote in and talked about the Yule Lads. It's bizarre that it's it's still the most influential thing I've ever done in podcasts. Yes. Is the Yule Lads.
0: Yes. Um, (laughs) I just, I was so... (laughs) There
1: are Twilight Mirage, like, beings... That are based on the Yule Lads because I wrote in important of true. I'm just, it's, I, it's weird.
0: I was just so tickled by um, the the circle of life that was happening as, as um, Austin Walker introduces. Um, I, I think Cameron Kunzelman didn't know about the Yule Lads or something, and so Austin was explaining the Yule Lads to, and and was like, "Go listen to Important of True." Um, no, I I'll, the reason I thought about it was because your child recently was like. And now it was telling me, and now that Halloween is done, the Yule lads are coming soon. And I'm like, I can't believe you've raised this child to not give a fuck about Santa. Well, Santa's also in
1: the mix, but, like, because I do Yule, Emily does Christmas. Uh Uh, They're interrelated. But so, like, Emily will do the advent calendar where there's the 24 days that lead up till Christmas. And there's, like, a little treat for each one. And then for me... The days leading up to Yule, which there are 13, so it's, like, ending where the 13th one comes on the first day of Yule. Like, you wake up. But you put your shoes by the, the, like, door or the window or something. We do, like, this little uh, patio door that we have. Uh, And then you get treats in your shoes. Uh Uh-huh. And the treats in the shoes from the Yule ad are more than little treats for the Advent calendar. You get, like, a little bit more. And it also, like escalates where like the final one you there's like it's not to the same level as like oh santa came you got a bunch of toys but it's like you get a little toy you get like a bigger chocolate thing like a chocolate
0: orange stuff like that Uh uh-huh so i i don't remember if i mentioned to you um
1: there was one part where they came back from daycare this was like back when they were at daycare. Um, and said that they were trying to talk to their teachers about putting out the shoes for the Yule ads, but like also just didn't have the level of language that they have now too. So like, I could kind of understand from them trying to describe like shoes in the Yule ads. Uh huh. And I was like, yeah, I'm not surprised that your teachers had no clue what you were talking about. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) Uh but I just, I don't want all of the excitement. Around the holiday to be situated around Christmas, because yeah. I know by, by default it is, so...
0: Um, I don't remember if I mentioned this to you, but when I was visiting um, my dad and stepmom in September, uh, my stepmom went ahead and ordered um, the Bon Maman um, advent calendars, one for, one for her and one for me, and... Um, it might be, a, uh, yeah. I think it's in that box. Yeah,
1: there's there's some box I'm pro pretty sure in here. But um, we have it already.
0: Um, the first thing that my stepmom and I both did was we went and looked to see: is there gonna be honey in it again this year? Because it was so fucking disappointing the one day you got honey <laughs> last year. But and she was like, "Oh man, there's gonna be honey again this year," and I was almost like, "No, the disappointment is part of the experience. Of one day you're gonna open that bitch up and honey." I didn't ask yeah. for honey. I came here for jelly. What are we doing? The other thing is, like, I like honey, but, like,
1: that thing is, like, you get it. It's, like, enough for, like, a slice or two you of You and toast. your partner to, like, have some on some toast. Yeah. And the honey, I just don't spread honey on toast. That's, yeah. I do things with honey, but I don't just spread it on toast. That's yeah. not me. My-
0: yeah. I, I got it, and I was like, I don't. Use honey all that often Yeah, It's just not a thing I use very much
1: I use it some but I often Like we have a honey guy here in Chicago I just get it from the honey guy That's the most you thing you've ever said Oh yeah I know it. I've talked about the honey guy in Chicago before I just I If you ever need some honey oh So here's the thing though If you want honey I can get it from the honey guy Who's just on the street selling honey I can, if, if he has some, if he's recently done some, I have a coworker who's a beekeeper. <laughs> well, technically his wife is a beekeeper, but he you, like helps out. So I can get you honey from my coworker whose wife is a beekeeper. And there is also a locker in the warehouse where I work, where if you walk, there's a little bee magnet on it. And the worker who has that locker also is a beekeeper. And you can go and pay Venmo and just take it out of the locker.
0: What? What? So
1: I have three separate honey guys that I can get honey for.
0: What a charmed life you live. Where you have... (laughs) A multitude of honey connects.
1: But the time you. But, but the honey guy on the street—that's just the Chicago. I have my own independent honey guys. But are you Winnie the fucking Pooh? So I I have a I have a personal honey guy that's a co-worker, Where that one I have the like true connection. I have the honey guy that's just everyone who works at my my company at my branch can access that honey guy. That's that's a work honey guy. And then there's the street honey guy. And you can go to the street honey guy too. This is a video game side quest
0: that you're describing. (laughs) (laughs) You you go to work and you talk to a guy and he gives you honey. Is a video game side quest. (laughs) This is a fucking earthbound character who is just a part of your life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying you need honey,
0: I got uh, honey, guys. Apparently, you're just sticking your hand into fucking jars and going, oh, bother. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I did act out the sticking my hand and then the way that Pooh Bear will, like, drizzle the honey into his mouth by holding his hand up above his head. Yeah. Uh, You know did who's you, great is Pooh did Bear. Did you
1: know that it's actually not Eeyore? What's that? Because it's British. Oh? It's Eeyore. What? Just like the erm-er is actually, um, uh, oh. it's E-R. That
0: makes sense, because... Yeah. this don- sound the-, the sound of donkey makes. It's a
1: donkey sound.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fundamentally, I just don't believe in British Winnie the Pooh. I really... The
1: thing is, once you remember that it's British and you read Winnie the Pooh, you're like, crisis is fucking British, <laughs> saying, oh, bother... I just it's Winnie the Pooh and then also Mog which I also read as a kid are the most I thought they were just being silly and whimsical because it was a book for me a kid and I read it now as an adult and I'm like fuck it British culture is just like this (laughs) (laughs) I mean I just you know me oh how silly that you'd say bother that cat that's not what you'd say to a cat I... Little did I know, there is an entire land where people just say shit like, BOTHER THAT CUT! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just... Winnie the Pooh is a Disney cartoon character. Like, I, I know that he is not. I know that he's in the public domain as not the Disney cartoon character. But to me... Um... And th- this has always been how I felt, uh... Because I have a deep connection to Winnie the Pooh from childhood and from Kingdom Hearts, um... Uh, but then rewatching the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh as an adult, like, and it's still a classic fucking movie, great movie. Um, like, I just really like that cartoon character, and I don't yeah. really care about any other incarnation of Winnie the Pooh. Um, because I, you know, I love copyright law at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> and I really think that, uh, you know. Steamboat Willie should belong to Disney because you know the Walt Disney Corporation created it. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about video games at all?
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the biggest was was I playing Slay the Spire when we last recorded? Yes.
0: Okay. You were you were literally playing Slay the Spire when we last recorded. Okay. Um.
1: Yeah. I, I didn't play too much more after, like, that little period where I was playing it. You were pretty engrossed I mean, for a couple like, days. And... Some of it is, like, I, I got the win with the silent. Mm-hmm. And that, like, took some of the, like, push yeah, off like, of me.
0: Yeah, that's how I felt the first time I got a win. Yeah. Yeah. It's still something that I'm, like,
1: happy to have and to go back to. Uh-huh. But also in a way where I think it'll be a little bit easier to just, like, do a run or two sometimes yeah. if I, like, yeah. just want that. Um, Part of me... Wishes that it was just on my phone, but then it would also probably be more of a problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. You should check out Meteor Fall, perhaps. Meteor Fall is a a game I enjoy that is sort of trying to do Slay the Spire on the phone. Um, it's not straight up that, um, and it's also... I really like Adventure Time, and Meteor Fall is very, like, inspired by Adventure Time, and if you don't care for Adventure Time the same way I do, then...
1: You so might... the two that I had that Ooh, I, I played... Card Crawl! is Card crawl is, is a good. classic. Yeah. Um, and then Solitarica... Uh, classic. Yeah, but Solitarica in particular, there's a part where you, like... It feels like there's very limited builds... And it kind of just becomes, like, a solved problem where you Uh just make the build and then you win. Yeah. Like, there was just a point with Solitarica. It was really fun getting to the point where I knew the build for all of the classes. And now I don't know it, so I'm sure I would have more fun going back to it and trying to remember what the builds are. But at the time when I played it more regularly, it was just, like, I hit a point where it was just, like, I know how to do this now where I basically never lose. Yeah. And it it basically is just one build. Whereas, like, part of what's good about Slay the Spire is it feels like there are multiple viable builds for each each one. Yeah. And you kind of start getting cards early on and then feeling out what direction am I going to try and take this with? Am I actually going to
0: get the cards that I need to complete this build that I want to do? Yeah. I, I so often you'll get like very early on you'll get like the power that does extra damage with shivs, but then you don't get a shivs for like you know yeah. uh the next six combats and you're like fuck, 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 fuck
1: Yeah. Um and card draw is all just to be about like what random power stuff ends up in the deck.
0: Yeah, card draw is weird because um You're not
1: like doing builds really.
0: Card Crawl, I felt like I, I, I stopped playing it because I felt like I hit a point where I'm like, okay, I've solved the game a little bit, you know? There's, like, not enough game there, but then they did Card Thief, and there's too much game there. It's... Yeah. I didn't like Card Thief as much because they, like... They were like, okay, Card Crawl didn't have enough systems in it, and then they overdid it with Card Thief. Or maybe they just did not the systems I wanted, you know? I card don't know. Crawl,
1: for me... I, I really enjoy as a phony. It's the one that I still go back and play to some extent because it does still feel like the like every time you go to play solitaire, it is just sort of like a combination of luck of the draw and a little bit of like trying to feel things out. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's kind of just a thing you do when you're bored.
0: Yeah. And the I main didn't...
1: reason why I don't do much card crawl anymore is that often when I'm bored poking around on my phone. I just do Sudoku now. Yeah. Because good Sudoku is good. Yeah. Um, My list of top 100 video games. Let's go.
0: Oh, yeah. I did you dirty. Yeah. I did crimes to you, my podcasting friend. And I need to come clean about the crimes I did so that I can be shamed by the, by our adoring public.
1: Yeah. You also did these crimes to, to Molly, but Molly's just more chill than me.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, No, so like... I don't remember exactly how the days of the week lined up, but I think, like, Friday, we were like, oh, we all did these top 100 games list. It would be fun to get Molly and Nia on the podcast, Um, and we were all kind of like, oh, that would be so much fun, but it would be like a six-hour show. Uh, and that was kind of the last we talked about. It. And then the next morning I texted you. I, I took a bathroom break when Nora and I were at the 50 mark. And I texted you during my bathroom break. And also you, I worded something vaguely. Yeah. And so you were, you didn't realize until the podcast was you, done. You
1: said like, um, oh, Nora and I are doing the top 100 like video game list podcast uh, by ourselves, I hope that's okay. In a way that read to me as we have decided that we're doing yes. this by ourselves. Yeah, I hope that's okay. We've already kind of made the decision, but I'm checking in to see how people feel about
0: it. Yeah, not we're halfway through recording yeah. it. I I did you dirty. Yeah, and I owe you. I have apologized to you because you were you were bummed out that you didn't yeah. get to be on the show and. I'd, I the big the biggest thing for me is it was like
1: I knew that there was a chance that that's just the outcome that would have happened but there wasn't a conversation about yeah. are we going to do this yeah yeah the decision was just
0: made after Molly and I were both invited on so. and 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 I like basically what happened was Nora was Nora had been struggling all week with the list and that morning we were going to do fish of the north star and then we put it off a little bit and she she finally finished the list and she felt excited about it. And I was like, Oh, Nora's excited about it. I'm seizing on the, you know, I'm just her wife. I'm seizing on her excitement. Like, Oh, well let's just do this right now, you know, and just failed to consider that. Like, well, you know, I had, you know, our, our plans were in a gray area and I could have, you know, done anything differently than how I did it. Yeah. Um, if you want to read your list, I'm totally game.
1: I, I pulled it up, but we don't have to do it.
0: I'm I'm kinda of game for it, honestly. Um Hi Lem. I assume you're Lem. I didn't really get a good look at you. Um uh, words. I was just asking like what game what other games have you been playing? Yeah. Because I've I the, the big thing is Fashion Dreamer. Yeah. So that's the big one. Do you want to talk about Fashion Dreamer at all? Um I, well I, you don't know want you and M are going to yeah, do. Yeah, I
1: feel like I feel like uh so it sounds like M wants to do uh, Alf this week feeling well enough to do that. So my guess is we'll probably talk about it some there.
0: Yeah. Um you M's actually playing it so it'll be a better conversation than I would be able to have about it. Yeah. Um
2: hi
1: Lem. But D- you it, can
0: get on my lap. That's fine.
1: I guess the main thing I'll just say here and I'm I'm sure that M and I will go into it in like more detail, but like the previous I think this is, like, the same team and stuff as Style Savvy. It doesn't Uh have the Style Style Savvy name. It just is Fashion Dreamer, at least here. I guess I could look this up. I have actually looked this up. Um, It just feels like the next Style Savvy game to me uh, in terms of, like... I just want to, like, find the actual Wikipedia page, and I don't know why it's... Go up to the top?
0: Is it... Oh. Is there not a Wikipedia page? I
1: would assume there would be at
0: least a Wikipedia. Uh,
1: I don't know how detailed it would be, but... What? It's just under exceed Games? Do people really care about it? The... God. Culture just hates stuff for girls. That's true. Um, there's not even a Wikipedia page for Fashion Dreamer.
0: But there is for Freedom Planet, too, and that's what matters.
1: Um, oh, well, dude. so I know, like, uh, Marvelous... And like Xseed worked on it. Uh, GiantBomb.com? What's that? There's like fucking nothing here. Uh, let me just look at Styles me. It's also possible that this is like one of those weird thing.
0: Lem. 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 Actually, that's Ollie. Ollie. Ollie's the
1: one causing mischief right now. Um,
0: Just lay down. Just lay down, broski.
1: Yeah, this doesn't like. But it is... It's Sin Sofia.
0: Okay. So probably the same devs. I think
1: that's... Yeah. Um, same
0: devs, new publisher, so they had to pick a new name.
1: Maybe. I mean, it's Marvelous. The previous ones were... Oh, I guess it was Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's possible. Because Marvelous used to be x Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, it's basically the next Style Savvy game. Um, and a lot of the Style Savvy games are kind of... Like... It's the simulating having a shop, and people are coming in, and they want, like, to be styled, and things like that. That's sort of what it's focused on. And this one is, like, a little bit more abstract. You kind of just run around in an abstract space, and there's just people that, like, it, like, recurring NPCs, and then also if you do online mode, just the way to fucking do it, uh, just other players in the world.
0: That's so cool.
1: Um... And it's doing this thing where, like, you open up, like, your social media feed, and whenever you do, like, an outfit or whatever, it, like, gets automatically posted there, and then you'll get, like, new followers from it and stuff. Um, and then there's also the, like, engagement from other players in the world. Uh, and so a lot of it, I think, is, like, moving it more towards, like, to some degree, this this fashion stuff is less about having a boutique shop, and there's, like, more... Just like being an influencer aspect to it for a lot of people.
0: Listeners, I'm gonna have to cradle this cat for the rest of the podcast, yeah. I think. I'm just gonna have to cradle him in my arms. Um
1: I don't know why he wants to like get up
0: on the Well, I'm I had a little blanket on because my feetsies were cold, and now Ollie is like, no blanket for you. Um anyway,
1: uh but yeah, the part so there's like less of that like sim of owning a shop thing Mm -hmm. you still get to like set up your showroom and the showroom is really for like other players will come and view your showroom and so like i'll i'll make new pieces and then swap it out and at this point i have like it's all pieces that i designed which you're mostly just doing color stuff right like you're choosing which piece to make from like the various ones that you have patterns for and then choosing colors and then you get like different color palettes as you go
0: um, Sorry, I'm taking a selfie while you're talking. Yeah. I needed to get this picture of Ollie. Uh,
1: Yeah, so it's... But, like, the part that's that's great about it is that just having the thing where you are making outfits for other people and people are making outfits for you and people will like pieces that you made. Mm-hmm. And you'll see, like, this person liked, like, this hat you made based on, you're like, oh, somebody else that i made an outfit for or like visited my showroom liked this piece then used the piece to make an outfit for somebody else and then it yeah. got liked by the other person it's just like cool to see that stuff yeah
0: the the i don't have a ton of interest in the style savvy games but i have been thinking about picking this one up just because of the like online elements to it um, because hearing like seeing you and m tweet about it a little bit i'm like this is such a great implementation of the online yeah. aspect. That is such a cool thing that I want to check and out. I've not been playing it like. I've been playing it a decent
1: amount, but not a ton. I'll sometimes just like check in and do like a couple more outfits and and see the likes and stuff, which I think is the way to play it. I think if you are mainlining this, just doing like. You play it for like 12 hours in one day, you're probably not going to like it as much because I think I'm close to seeing credits on it. Mm hmm. Like. I know what the game is already. And I think when I reach like 10 K followers or whatever, or whatever the number is, Mm. I think I'm close. Then I think you see credits and you get like the last cocoon, which are the names of like the different areas you run around in. Mm. Um, which is more just like the aesthetic vibe of the place that you're moving around in, as well as like what you can get from the like gotcha machines and stuff. Um, But yeah, so it's like, I feel like in terms of like, what's this, especially the solo gameplay experience, I feel like it's probably like, there's less there to me than like the style savvy games. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like I fell off the style savvy games faster than this one, because this one I just will sometimes log in and I'll maybe only make like one or two outfits, but I'll get notifications from people liking stuff that I did or whatever. And that stuff's just fun. Like... That's what fashion is about is having people like be like, Oh, that's a cool piece you have, or whatever. And then you have some sort of connection because the fashion that you're wearing is like in some way representing the way that you see yourself or want to project yourself in the world. And then people like recognizing that is like a kind of fun, fulfilling thing about fashion. And it this more than any other one has just stimulated by that the best by having actual other people in the world. Right. 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 I had a a person whose username was Nana come and like all of my Nana inspired, like uh, red and black stuff. And I was like,
0: yes, there's a, there's a chance that
1: you just have this name and you've never read Nana, but I still feel like you just came and knew what I was on about.
0: (laughs) That's so good. Um that's video game. And it was just like
1: every cuz you can have 25 pieces in the showroom. So mm-hmm. it was every single piece they liked. That's but, um
0: that's Dark Souls to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: So it's fun. It's it's like a good especially I I just think that like having that game that you play for like at most an hour a day. Yeah. Is like just a Animal good, Crossing. Yeah. Uh It has that similar vibe, and I don't think it has, like, the same legs that Animal Crossing can have, but... uh, It doesn't need to.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, It is just fun. I mean, I'm I'm a person who does enjoy fashion and pays attention to, like, the fashion that people are wearing, but then also, like, while I've been playing that game, I feel like I've been extra tuned in to just, like, the outfits that random people, like, you know, a mom on the playground when I go to pick my kid up has like decided to wear. Can just cuz I'm hand thinking about, about Ollie? it more. So. Okay. Okay.
0: Um I have taken my hand away from Ollie and he's upset about it. So I'm back to petting Ollie. Yeah. <sighs> um but
1: I feel like that's the big thing. I've been like kind of slowly plugging away at Final Fantasy 8. I want to get back to it more mm-hmm. than I have been. Um but I've had been... these
0: like slight distractions of things. I've been playing some small stuff because um, I hit a point in Persona Four. I'm I'm gonna close it out because I've gotten this far, right? But I'm I'm struggling because I really enjoy, I really really enjoy talking to people and going to school and doing the part time jobs. I think that's a lot of fun. I never want to do another fucking fight in this game. Oh my god, I'm so tired of the dungeons. They go on forever. And I think that, uh, that, uh,
1: lost save file too, probably was uh, a real,
0: yeah, because, because if I hadn't lost that save file, <laughs> the, the time I put in now, I probably would just be done with the game, you know? Yeah. Um, and you wouldn't
1: be coming to these dungeons being like, I just did all the other dungeons like two slash three times. Cause I probably went back to do other stuff too.
0: Yeah. Um, I actually, I kind of had a little fun with Naoto's dungeon because I, like, went in and I'm like, ooh, I'm not strong enough. I need to social link a little more. I had, like, a fun way of going about it. I was like, I got a couple floors in and, like, was like, okay, now I'm going to go back and sell these materials to get better weapons to clear the last few floors. But, like, the the, the, the passion is just gone right now. <laughs> And so, I've been shaking it up with a couple things. Um, One, I closed out We Love Katamari. Um, This is weird, right? I'm going to say something. I have cooled slightly on We Love Katamari. I still think it is one of the top ten video games ever made. I just, when I first started it, I was like, oh my god it's better than Katamari Damacy. Oh my God, I can't believe they did it. And now I've gone through it, and I'm like, this is as good as Katamari Damacy, you know? I'm like, I like the... I, I said this on the 100 Games episodes. I like the rolling things, getting as big as possible better in Damacy. I like the, the side stuff better in We Love Katamari. I kind of just see them as one contiguous piece now um, that I've finished it. Um... And, you know, nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that at all. Not a goddamn thing wrong with that, but... Um, it's the greatest game ever made. It's simply one of the greatest games ever made. It's the uh, fourth greatest game ever made. I'd call it the seventh greatest game ever made, but we're kind of splitting hairs. <laughs> I think the fourth greatest game ever made might be Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> um, And then, you know, that really gave me the 3D platformer itch, you know... Yeah. um and so i i played tori 3d which they talked about on abnormal mapping a while back as part of their spark the electric jepster episode that is a very short game i beat an beat it in an hour um and there are like creepy pasta elements of it that are frankly quite silly but um what a fun hour i had with that game you know like yeah um Really don't need a game to be more than an hour. Sometimes, <laughs> it, game is good because it took me one hour to play and no more. Um, and so, really highly recommend that game. And then, from there, I uh, I've been playing some Super Mario sixty four. Nothing to say about Super Mario sixty four except that that is a great game. Great game. Um, it's okay. <laughs> it's a great game. <laughs> Uh, and um, What was I going to say about it? We had sort of an interesting conversation about it Because I fundamentally Just like very blank cartoon Characters a lot more than you do I think Yeah I like Mickey Mouse a lot more than you do Um, I like um. Who, who was the other one we were talking about Of just like very blank slate Cartoon guy I mean I like Superman more than you do
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like Mario and and Mickey Mouse are the two main ones, and then there are Sonic, and I was talking about how Sonic is also kind of this, but that the images of Sonic still are like imbued with a little bit more meaning. Well, and there's still like things suggested by Sonic and like the team being these like woodland animals, and then they're saving these like smaller woodland animals from robots. That is like still conveying some sort of idea mm-hmm. in the way that mushrooms and pipes and a plumber and a princess and turtles don't.
0: You me. don't you don't care about Mega Man necessarily,
1: but then Mega Man is a is like a robot boy that still like changes out his parts and stuff. Uh
0: huh. There's
1: still more to me there. Yeah, fair.
0: I think of Mega Man as just like that's just Astro Boy. There's nothing to him yeah, except it's that he also is just Astro, Astro Boy. boy. The Astro Boy logo. rules. so... Hello, my friend. You are so small um, and so obnoxious. Um. Yeah, Mario sixty four. I'm like fifty stars mm. in, and I might be like tapped out on the game because I'm like, okay, I've, I, you know, I've sunk like three to four hours into it, and I'm like, okay, I'm good. You know. Yeah. My it's on the Steam Deck, so there's nothing stopping me from going back and getting more twenty more stars next week. But you know. Yeah. Um, that's kind I, I was
1: gonna say one other. I mean, oh like, yeah, which is I look at Mickey Mouse and I just see minstrel show.
0: Well, sure. Yeah, yeah. Mickey Mouse has a very racist history that is just hard to. Yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> um, the thing the thing about uh, the thing about oh I forget his name now, um, Walt Disney. No, no. <laughs> There was that really good article about Cuphead that, uh, um, and, and the, the minstrel history of, I hit that word wrong and it sounded like minstrel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, there's a really good article about, uh, Cuphead that I'm, I'm sure many people listening to have read. And if you aren't familiar, like someone in the abnormal mapping discord can hook you up. Uh, it's anyway, um and people got so mad about that article and uh i always think about that article and think about how um people are truly not ready for the conversation of you know the like other pop culture characters that are implicated into you know this like tradition of racism <laughs> yeah um uh i have i have a lot of affection for mickey mouse but um you know, when you get down to it, racist-ass caricature. Um,
1: yeah. Uh True of a lot of them.
0: He's just a little baby boy.
1: He's Ollie, and he's so sleepy. There's been a couple times where uh I have been talking to, like, a coworker or, like, somebody in another situation where they're not, like, really at all aware of classics. Mm-hmm. I saw this her you you you'll see the reason. And so I say that I'm reading the Nibelungan lead, and they're like what is that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like it's this old dramatic poem. Do you know you're watching a Bugs Bunny cartoon and he dresses up as a viking woman mm-hmm. and he sings an opera? Mm-hmm. That opera is the ring cycle by Richard Wagner, mm-hmm. which is his adaptation of kind of the Nibelungenlied, lead, but he actually adapted it more from the Volsunga saga, but it's the same, like, root Germanic myth. Right, right. <laughs> so that's usually how I've explained it to people. Is, you know when Bugs Bunny dresses up as a Viking woman with, like, the armor <laughs> boobs?
0: Shh. <laughs> Bugs Bunny, now there's a fucking cartoon character. Yeah. I love Bugs Bunny, dude. Um, Ain't he a stinker? He is. (laughs) He's almost as good as Daffy Duck. Not quite, but almost. I love how much of a bratty he is. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Read me your top 100 games.
1: Number 100, Fox Hunt. What's that? It's an FMV game on the PlayStation where you play as some, uh, shlummy dude who goes on a detective adventure, and it's kind of a pastiche of, like, James Bond and other spy fiction stuff. Um, and I just played a lot of it with my brother as a kid. I don't think it's really that good of a game, uh, but there's just so much of it that's wedged into my brain. The biggest one being, and I... Actually, there's, there's two and they're sort of interrelated and from early in the game. There's one where you go to interact with the fridge and instead of him opening it up, he just slams his entire body against the fridge and shouts, I'm hungry. And I just think about that. I thought about it more when I was like poor and I didn't have a lot of food in my fridge and I was hungry, but I still think about it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hungry <laughs> is like how he says it. <laughs> and then the other one is there's a, you can go around his apartment and you see this, like, uh, plate that, like, looks like food was on it. Mm-hmm. And it says on the plate, El Chocotiro taco so good they'll save your life. And he'll pick it up and he'll read it and then, after a beat, ravenously lick the plate to try and get anything that's on it off of it. That is an important clue where later on you will find a extremely old El Chocotiro taco that has gone, like, rock hard. Mm-hmm. And if you pick it up and you put it in your pocket, then at the end of the game, when someone tries to shoot you in the chest, that El Chocotiro taco that's so good it will save your life will save your life because the bullet will get stuck in the rock hard taco. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um. It was, like, weirdly long for an FMV game, too. Uh, like, I think you can still play it in one sitting, but... Um yeah. I just have this weird affection for it because my my brother and I like played it a bunch to try and beat it. 99.
0: Gorf! What is
1: that? So Gorf is an arcade game made by Jamie Fenton.
0: I'm gonna have to find a way to hustle you up. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um and in and of itself it's not really that great of a game. Like it's like Space Invaders and Galaxian, I think Galaga and Phoenix. Galaga? I think. Galaga? Galaga?
0: Galaga. Whatever.
1: (laughs) Um, My PlayStation 3 still has a Gorf sticker on it, even though you can't play Gorf on PlayStation 3. Uh, When I worked at the video archive, sorry if you heard a cat hit the... The ironing board. ironing board. Um, Ollie
0: down, Ollie down. But uh,
1: we have footage of her working on Gorf 2. And I believe it's the only known extant footage of what Gorf two was. Mm. Uh, she was never able to figure out how to get it to work, like, like condensed down onto like a thing that you could just easily put on a board in a in an arcade game. Because mm-hmm. um, the original one had it like working off of like various you know computational stuff, mm-hmm. um, and then the the video game crash happened. And all funding for figuring out how to, like, get that into a board you could put into a, an arcade cabinet uh, was lost. So. Um, but I have a special fondness for, like... Like, really, GORF 2, I want to be on here, but I haven't played GORF 2, but it does look cool.
0: Uh, 98.
1: Ninja Baseball Batman.
0: I'm gonna move you along a little bit. Uh, this is a beat-em-up uh, that you showed me some stills of. Um, This looks fucking radical yeah the the art style on this game is good um i played a lot of arcade games
1: i feel like there's a lot of arcade games on here because it's like part of just what gaming is to me is like going to an arcade with friends because i just have lived in chicago for a long time it's the thing that i've had access to um you know i'd like play fighting games for as long as i can remember at arcades, stuff like that Mm -hmm. um this is my favorite Beat him up just because it like oozes weird charm. Yeah. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Not played a single story thing at all in this game, but me and some friends have spent countless hours just driving around. Uh, doing one thing where you just try to drive as safely as possible, stopping at red lights, all of that, and just watching as the game wants chaos to happen and has people just throw themselves in front of your vehicle. <laughs> like, they're walking along on the sidewalk and we'll be like, Whoa! Because <laughs> they just want you to do chaos. Um, also, all sorts of other stuff. but And we would make, like, playlists for each other as well to listen to while doing Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm.
2: Um
0: Ollie is continuing to slide, but I don't want to keep cradling him. Ninety-six croc, uh, Legend of the Gobos, gobos. Yes, I say gobos,
1: gobos. Okay, um, love this game as a kid. Uh, made little gobos out of pom poms, like handicraft stuff.
0: Is this game actually hard, or was I for both? Okay.
1: Um, ninety-five Gunstar Heroes.
0: Now we're talking about video games.
1: Great fucking run and gun. Yeah. Uh, probably my favorite on Psychogenesis. I mean, it's the one that I picked, but.
0: Did you, did you, you ever play the. Metal Slug's great, too. You ever but... play the Gunstar Heroes 2, whatever it's called? Super Gunstar Heroes, the GBA thing that people love? People love that game. I don't game. think so. There is a, a follow up to Gunstar Heroes that is beloved.
1: 94 uh, Bomberman Game Boy. I have. It was just the one that I played the most of.
0: I have no affection in my heart for Bomberman. Bomberman 3D is cool too. What about Bomberman Zero? <laughs> uh, Red Faction
1: 93.
0: Oh, you you we were you did this list for me the other day. I thought you meant Red Faction Guerrilla. You mean Red Faction?
1: Yeah, the first Red Faction. Okay, okay. Um, which did not do the like was like you can blow up ever, anything, but it was not really that. But there was a lot of like stuff that you solved by blowing up things in the level. Um, and it's also just the most, like you're a minor who like decides to revolt against the company. Um, Hell yeah! whereas I feel like other stuff like was more jokey about the communist stuff. This one was kind of just like the company sucks and you're like this miner who's revolting. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, I'm not saying it's great communist fiction, but it's fun um 92 queers in love at the end of the world uh debated a little bit about this because i don't feel that great about the creator but uh this was sort of a meaningful game for me when i played it back in the day um one of the games that like made me want to do stuff with with uh what it, my brain wanted to do vine and then zine and it's twine. not twine
0: yeah um, Dysphoria was, I, Dysphoria came very close to being on my list, but I just have complicated feelings about, you know.
1: Queers in Love at the End of the World, also the one that's, like, extremely in the thing that I care a lot about games, which is that you just miss shit. uh uh-huh. And it's just a game where you frantically try to, like, see what you can before the game ends. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just about finding meaning and, like, frantically trying to get any sort of thing out of something that's about to end. Uh, 91 Rhapsody a Musical Adventure Not a very fun Like strategy RPG But it is uh, Like Playstation JRPG That is a musical And there's just like CD quality sound musical numbers Where people like little sprites Dance around on your TV screen Singing and it's fucking incredible
0: You were telling me about this And it looks amazing Also the character design is very like We have Slayers at home Yeah, You know um, yeah. I've, been, I've been thinking about it's some, layers it's, all it's, week
1: It's definitely from that era of anime um, It's a lot of fun uh, Rare. I, is... I listen to the soundtrack The Japanese soundtrack is better than the English one The English one is like a little bit corny And it's like musical stuff A little bit more than I think the Japanese one Like there's some Japanese songs that are, Like the Japanese versions that feel more Genuinely moving to me Just in the way that they're performed But um, it's still great uh, number ninety, Starblade, I f- with the Geo Sword. Did we talk about this on the last stairwells or non-homophobia N- zone? No, anymore? no. Okay, I I have talked about the Geo Sword, Geo Sword. <laughs> um many times. I mostly played the Sega CD version, but there's also uh a arcade version. I have a little Geo Ooh. Sword in my like display case over there. That's a quality um, ship right there. It's, it's one of my favorite spaceships of all fucking time. It's a quality
0: spaceship.
1: Um and it's like basically a wireframe, like uh the ship sort of moving and you're just moving around the cursor shooting. Mm-hmm. But I like it a lot.
0: 89, Crazy Taxi. Love it. Classic. I never played Crazy Taxi 2. Never. I've played it too, but... It's not I mean, it's not, not. the
1: same. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it was also great, but there are some where I'm like, if the second one didn't really feel like it was doing that much that wasn't in the first one, sometimes it's just like, well, I played the first one, the first one's like the thing that made it. That's often what got the nod for me.
0: I installed Crazy Taxi on the Steam Deck the other day because I just own it on Steam. And then just I, I haven't booted it up, but just today I was think I saw an image of the Pizza Hut in Crazy Taxi, and I was like, "Man, if the Steam version doesn't have the Pizza Hut, I might have to go find a GameCube ISO." <laughs> um,
1: Twisted Metal Two, number eighty-eight. That's the Twisted Metal to pick. Yeah, we had a we had a splitter, so you could do four controllers Ooh, that's on the, the shit. yeah. Uh, so played this a lot of this with like my brothers, you uh-huh. know. So, um, *Twisted Metal 2* feels like the one that we played the
0: most of. Yeah, I liked it better than *Twisted Metal 3*.
1: Yeah. Uh, eighty-seven, *Lucky and Wild*. This is the one we talked about on the last episode. Okay.
0: Yeah, we definitely talked about that.
1: It's a lot of fun. Eighty-six, *Out Foxies. I don't know what that is. Uh, so *Out Foxies is this? I think it's like Jap- uh, Japan only. Um, But at Galloping Ghost, which is just outside of Chicago, they have a cabinet of this that I believe is hooked up where instead of just the joystick and buttons, um, you can you can play instead of the buttons with I forget if it's crouch or jump, but it is on like a pedal at the bottom that you hit with your foot. And then in order to attack, instead of pushing the attack button, you pull a trigger on like one of those. It's not like a light gun, but it's one of those ones where it still has the trigger thing. Um, this yeah it's just like it's kind of like a smash brothers thing where you're just fighting in a level and the level will like break down so there's like one where you get to like the very bottom and it's just like a pit full of money and you're just like killing each other and stuff there's like weird ways that some of them kind of suggest some sort of story happening Um, and yeah you can play as like the twins so we got we got a you know ice climbers Oh. I mean, it's less they follow, but like you have yeah. moves where you'll like hold on to each other's hands and spin around.
0: Yeah. Um, I love ice climbers.
1: I love the pink haired lady with the iguana. Of course you do. She's great. Uh, you can play as a monkey, a uh, chimpanzee,
0: uh, uh, wearing a top hat. It's weird there's no. I was about to say, it's weird there's no monkeys in Super Smash Bros. There's two. Yeah.
1: There's two. 85. Worms. Another one that we just played a lot of, especially because it's like you can have like multiple teams and you just pass the controller around.
0: I played a lot of um, Territory Wars 1 and 2, which were Flash games, which were knockoffs of Worms. And when I found out about Worms, it blew my fucking mind because every Worms game is so much better than Territory Wars. Um, My family rented Worms
1: so much from the like local video store. That at one point I think the guy just felt bad about how much we were like giving money to play worms, that we probably paid as much as like worms cost, and he just gave it to us. He was just like, You it's yours now. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you're the main people who come in and get this. So um eighty four Doctor Mario.
0: I love Puyo Puyo. Uh
1: one of my brothers uh is intense about Doctor Mario. I actually it's a lot of fun to watch, and also I just think it's a fun game. But
0: I can't, I can't get my head around Puyo Puyo to be honest with you. I just, I, I've, I've tried, especially when Puyo Puyo Tetris was like big for a couple months there. Um, I like watching, like I'll watch like high score runs of Doctor Mario or whatever on YouTube. It's a cool fucking game, but I can't get my head around it.
1: Uh, eighty three Mystic Messenger, which I might be playing right now might for be pl- reasons that. We'll come up in more detail later. But. Yeah. Um, I love I love games that like map onto the real world in some way. Where like, there's some real world time element to it. Uh, you know, it's an Otome, Otome dating sim thing. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. People will-, will hear more thoughts from me about it at some point.
0: Missile Command. 82. Fucking great arcade game! Holy shit, Missile Command's good. (coughs) Um,
1: eighty-one Road Blaster. This also came up. FMV game.
0: Oh yes, 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 yes.
1: Uh, eighty Soul Edge, specifically Soul Edge, because we mostly we did get Soul Blade on PlayStation later, but like it was a arcade game.
0: Didn't Nora also have Soul Edge on her list? Maybe, maybe. Um, it's great. I just I I. Soul Calibur 2 was the one of these I played the most, you know. Uh, well, which... when
1: I played Soul Edge, there was no Soul Calibur 2.
0: <laughs> um, it's just the age gap in action.
1: 77 Portal,
0: 79.
1: Or 79 Portal. Uh, it's, way too it's... low,
0: but that's fine. You're allowed. It's Portal. I mean, people know Portal. People know Portal.
1: Uh, 78 Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I just there are other games that I think are better Sonic the Hedgehog games, but Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is like... There's Tails, I can play as Player 2 while my like brother's
0: playing Sonic. This stuff is, like that. This is a really annoying opinion. It, it, the internet has made this an annoying opinion to have, but as a person who's played Sonic the Hedgehog 2 a bunch of times and then finally played Sonic CD for the first time... Sonic CD is a, a better game. It's a lot... If yeah. this was
1: the best games...
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just... I played Sonic CD for the first time last year and I was like, "Damn, I like Sonic CD better." And people who like Sonic CD better are fucking assholes on the internet. <laughs> um,
1: and Sonic the Hedgehog 3, great. It's got that Michael Jackson soundtrack.
0: I just visually I'm not as into it as the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 Sonic CD style. Like the the they're trying to wow me a little too much with the graphics on that game that um 2 and CD hit the sweet spot yeah. for me.
1: Uh 77 Yakuza
0: 2. Mm-hmm.
1: Um I had to do a PlayStation 2 Yakuza. It could have been the first one, but the fact that like the second one I think has the Japanese voices. I believe that's when they I believe so. I yeah. think they only tried to dub the first one and it's like they're getting actual Japanese like Yakuza actors. You just got to you just got to let them do their thing, you know? Yeah. Only fucking weebs are playing it anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so true, Queen.
1: Uh, seventy six Metal Gear Solid Two. Not the best Metal Gear Solid game. It's the best Metal Gear Solid game. Not the best. Fission fucking mailed.
0: Fission mailed is pretty great. <laughs> Fission mailed is pretty great.
1: Uh, the big thing is a lot of the reasons why I like um Metal Gear Solid Two are also reasons why I really like Chrono Cross. Uh, it just doesn't do it as
0: good as Chrono Cross. I gotta play Chrono Cross. I gotta play Chrono Cross.
1: Uh, if, Chrono if- Cross is a better game that's commenting on what it means to have to make a sequel to a game that's, like, widely beloved. Um, it's better at it, and it did it earlier.
0: I feel like the only way I can get you to forgive me for dropping Persona 4, if I drop Persona 4, is to do so by picking up Chrono Cross. Chrono Cross is so Spoilers for later in this list.
1: <laughs> uh, Seventy-five Fire Emblem Awakening. Um, I feel like Fire Emblem games have been kind of tedious with the dating stuff.
0: Yeah, as it's I, gone on, but with this one, it felt fun and novel. I felt like I've I've t- tried my hand with Fire Emblem games before this, and they're a little too much strategy RPG. And then every time I've tried a Fire Emblem game after Awakening, it's, like, doing a little too much of the social mechanics for how underdeveloped they feel like they are. Yeah. Um, Awakening is really, like, the only one they've ever, like, hit it just right yeah, with what I want. Yeah, it feels like I it's
1: want. just got that sweet spot. Yeah. I do kind of like the, like, Birthright whatever. I think Birthright is the one that I had, but... Um, because I could... I could uh even though I did not really like the Fox boy that much, he did give me a Fox daughter. So I love him a lot. mm Hmm. Fair enough. Um, it is very funny how, cause that one had the mechanics where you could pet people's like faces or whatever. And then there was just like this extreme butch lesbian. I don't know why you can't romance her as a woman in the game because she's extremely butch lesbian coded. And she's constantly talking to you in ways that seem like she's interested in you, a woman. Um, but it was just funny after I had my my fox daughter with the fox boy. He would just be chilling at home. And then I just kept bringing her over to just <laughs> hang out. <laughs> uh, 74, Hoshigami Ruining Blue Earth. What is this? It's a, like, tactic RPG. Um,
0: it's, it's not... I don't mean to sound exasperated. That came out exasperated in yeah. a way I did not intend. And I apologize. Um... Oh yes, this is another one I had to look up when you were telling me your list. This looks really rad.
1: Yeah. I mean it's not as good as like a Final Fantasy Tactics, but um it just has a special place in in my heart. It's like one of the reasons why back in the day I kind of became an Atlas person. Mm-hmm. So seventy three East Three. I had to pick one, I chose this one. I I can't really tell you why. East Cause like East one through like three especially is like kind of all in the same waters for me, but yeah, um, seventy two fucking vib ribbon.
0: Yeah, man. I I
1: it wish... feels so good to play this on someone's uh, kind of jankily hacked uh, PlayStation mm-hmm. where you have to like put in a disc first to get it to start work running like non. Uh, American games, uh-huh. non-U.S. region, and then you put in Vib Ribbon, and then you put in your music CD to play Vib Ribbon on. Uh-huh. It feels so good. And the <laughs> whole time you have to have this like weird spring in there that makes it think that the disc is closed, but it actually is open, so that you can change out the disc properly. <laughs> anyway. Uh, seventy-one off. I only know this game through Tumblr. Yeah, I beat off. Get it anyway. It's uh, there's a number of these like sort of horror RPG maker games, and it was just the one that there's like one other one that I was trying to remember the name of that was also. You kind of Nikki, <laughs> no, it wasn't that one,
0: it's like a weirder one. I'm not a You May anyway. Nikki person, I think I would be a You May Nikki person if I gave it a shot, but I've never given it a shot.
1: Uh, 70 Kirby's Dream Land 3 uh, Really getting some extra points here By me just playing a bunch of it With my toddler recently
0: I was thinking about um, I There's not a Kirby game I feel passionately Enough about that it was going to make my list But I think if I was Going to pick a Kirby game it probably would have been Dream Land 3 Not because I like Dream Land 3 But because you, your Toddler and I played a lot of Dream Land 3 You know yeah. And
1: I think it's a good Kirby game
0: I was babysitting the other day, and I started to read them Kirby manga. Um, yeah. And and I told them, I was like, I saw this at the store, and I didn't pick it up, but I think I can find it on my tablet. And now they're very like, go buy it at the store, go buy it at the store. And I'm like, I shouldn't have fucking said anything. 69.
1: Nice. I'm Jammer Lammy. Nice. Thank well, you. You did what I wanted to
0: do. <laughs> you, did, you looked at me to prompt me, but I knew. Yeah. Um... You you me- I
1: just like it more than Barappa the Rapper because you're like doing the little guitar thing so it doesn't sound as weird when you're just like
0: doing the fill stuff. Can you show me Um Jammer Lammy? I can't conjure the character design for, for whatever reason. Um Jamie lammy. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I like I just could not picture Lammy in my head at all. Yeah. Um she, classic.
1: 67, Sleeping Dogs.
0: You sp- You skipped past 68. Uh,
1: 68, Half Minute
0: Hero. I, no- I don't know anything about that game, apparently, because... Ollie, we're trying to help you. Nora was showing me some Half Minute Hero stuff when we did her list, and I gotta play that game, apparently, because it seems fucking radical, and I thought it was a PS1 game. I guess I didn't know anything about Half Minute Hero. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, and it- it's
1: just like... This, it's smart about like boiling down elements of the like RPG format and loop, and then like making that into its own sort of game and like has some fun jokey stuff in there. <clears throat> uh sixty-seven sleeping dogs. You know what they say about
0: sleeping dogs.
1: No, uh, they don't get sequels. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> Nor Nora is
0: very fond of that joke, and I felt the need to tell it in her absence.
1: Yeah. Um. It's just, like, probably the best one of these, like, GTA kind of games. 66, mm-hmm. um, Barkley, Shut Up and Jam, Guy Then
0: Now we're talking about video games. Yeah. Uh,
1: hey, you, whatcha gonna do? Hey, you, whatcha <laughs> <you> gonna do? <laughs> um, I, just... Very significant game for, like, a friend group that I was in, too. Like, we all played it. We referenced it constantly. Yeah, yeah. Um, The way that the victory music cuts off awkwardly (laughs) is, like, just its own very special, important thing to me. Ollie, you gotta, like, not do this slidey thing. Okay, (sighs) goodbye, Ollie. 65, The Misadventures of Tron I, Mega Man Legends also rules, but I picked this one because you play as the brat who bosses people around.
0: You were telling me your list and I was like, of course you like the spin-off of Mega Man Legends where you get to play as the bratty girl. Yeah. Of course. It's
1: fucking great. It's also just the best of them. 64, Phoenix Wright. The first the, one? The first one, because it's yeah. like, I, all the other ones...
0: Yucatan just Saibon? kind
1: of felt like more Phoenix Wright I mean there's other stuff in it there's some good stuff but I feel like it's it's not like radically changing what Phoenix Wright is
0: no, no.
1: you know especially when that where I felt like the sequels were often just kind of you get more of the thing uh-huh. then I would often be really inclined towards doing the first one in the series um, never owned those games, but sure did put all of them on my, my R4DS and play
0: all of them. As God intended. Uh, 63, good Sudoku. Zach Gage, please. Zach Gage, please. Put it out on Android. I want it so bad. Uh, truly just like opened up a new level of,
1: of Sudoku in general for me. Um, I just think... I, I'm not like at crafting the crypt... Uh, crafting <laughs> cracking the cryptic level mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of like just seeing the code when it comes to Sudoku. But also I'm often top of the leaderboards in good Sudoku. Cause I, it just unlocked like what Sudoku is and the patterns and everything. To me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Truly like, I think one of the best things for just teaching you what is like, what are the actual advanced techniques of Sudoku? In solving them. 62, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. But the same could be said of all religions. Yeah. I actually played this. I got uh, the Dracula X for, PlayStation, or for PSP. Mm-hmm. PlayStation Portable. Specifically because if you just get far enough, there's like a specific... And I only got far enough in Dracula X to do the thing where you then unlock as like a fun little bonus Symphony of the Night. Just so I could play Symphony of the Night. <laughs> on the PSP and then I never played any more <laughs> Dracula X. And I know many people who have done this, but it's one of the greats. The, the DS Castlevanias are also really good, but uh-huh. this one just feels like the great to me. Um, 61 Pokemon and Sun and Moon. I debated. I could have done uh like Red. Red was really meaningful for me. Uh, Crystal, I think, has some good ones in it. Um, yeah, But Crystal's Sun and Moon, good. like they put me in it.
0: Alolan Vulpix is here. And Nine...
1: I'm i mind Tails. But,
0: mm.
1: yeah. Uh, it's also just a really good one. Yeah. They did a really good job on that one. Unlike the recent one. Number 60, Frogger. Yeah, it's fucking... First video game I ever fucking played. One of
0: the first for me. It's fucking Frogger.
1: Yeah. Anytime I see a Frogger machine, I'm like... Anybody got a quarter, I gotta play it.
0: Yeah. it's just...
1: Yeah. Uh fifty nine Os Tarake Which you were all like What is this? And everybody knows.
0: It's oh it's O S Okay, so so what happened was is I was like, what is that? And you told me, Oh, it is the first elite beat agents in this game that is Japanese only. And I was like, Oh ha ha." Nia, she's just such fucking weeb, she can't even like elite beat agents for Americans. She's gotta like the Japanese only elite beat agents. And you were like, No, that game's really popular and I was like, No, it's not. You should be stupid And I, I Nora was right there. And I was like, Nora, do you know what Osu Tadake Oenden is? And she's like, Yeah. And Nora Nora had never heard of Elite Beat Agents. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> because the Elite, the, the like open source Elite Beat Agent game that people will play is called Ous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I guess listeners let write in roast me for not knowing about Oenden, yeah. but um. Anyway,
1: uh, I forget if it's in this one or in the sequel. Again, it's one of those where they just kind of feel like they're the same. So I did the first one. But, uh, you know, where I first heard Blue Hearts. Rin-na-rin-na, <laughs> just a classic song. Um, 58, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. This is my MVC game.
0: You're so much more valid than I am. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is like a really magical game to me because I rented it from Blockbuster like... One time, and then I never saw it at Blockbuster again, and, um, you know, like, seeing it as an adult, and it's just one of the most beautiful games that's ever been made. Yeah. Uh, uh, MVC2 is a classic. Uh, unfortunately, I am an ultimate MVC3 sicko, which is, you know, uh, if you watched MVC3 at, uh, Evo this year, you really feel embarrassed of being an MVC3 person.
1: <laughs> um... I got invited to, like, a showcase before it came out of MVC3, and I remember leaving that being like, that was cool, but it's not as good as MVC2, and I was right. You were right. I, to, I did play MVC3, but I continued uh, to be right.
0: I Ultimate MVC3 is... It was on my list for a reason. I think Ultimate MVC3 is a really, really, really fucking great game, but just, like, you know... It's, a, it's Marvel vs. Capcom, too. I'm gonna take you for a ride. It's a it's a fucking stone cold classic. Uh,
1: fifty seven
0: Animal Crossing New Leaf. Not nearly high
1: enough. (laughs) Um, this came out when I was in the dorms, so it was uh, like also just hanging out with friends and doing Animal Crossing and going to each other's like villages and everything.
0: New Leaf was out so long that that big update, like toward the end, like when the new 3DS came out, that came out when I was in the dorms. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Had such legs. On. I feel like people have just fallen off. I mean, there's still the people that play the the Switch Animal Crossing every day, but I just feel like it didn't have the legs. It's
0: a different. It's a different audience too of people who are like showing off their towns in a different way. Where I feel like New Leaf, it was just like I knew people who were still playing New Leaf years later because they just went to you know the coffee shop and stuff.
1: Yeah, you just walk around and like pick a couple weeds. Yeah. You'd set your thing to pick the weeds for you even, you know? Yeah. Uh, whatever thing you didn't want to do, you'd like make the, the town thing be that, that you didn't have to do it anymore. Yeah. And then you just like check in with your couple villagers and, you know, go to the coffee shop and um, the number of like New Year's that we celebrated. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think about going back every day. <laughs> I'm not going to do it because I feel like you just can't go home again, but I wish I could go home again.
1: Yeah. Uh 56 Golden Age the lo- or Golden Sun the <laughs> Lost Age. Um which is the second one. It kind of does this thing of like the events of the first one happened
0: and you're like the kids and I know this is cool. I know that people love these games, but I just I don't know anything about them. I feel like Um, now's the one where everyone
1: looks at everything that I said below is worse than this. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, 55 Catherine.
0: Marvel vs. Capcom 2, not as good as Catherine, apparently.
1: (laughs) Let me tell you, competitive mode Catherine, which is why it's this high, really fucking good.
0: Animal Crossing New Leaf, not as good as Catherine, apparently.
1: Yeah. Competitive Catherine, which again is why it's this high, is really fucking good.
0: Metal Gear Solid 2, no thanks. Nia's going back to playing Catherine. Also, just want to note, this is the first SMT game on the list.
1: Is it really SMT?
0: This is the first SMT game on the list. 54, Windjammers. Windjammers,
1: motherfucker.
0: <laughs> Greatest
1: sports game ever made. They should make that a real sport. People would die.
0: <laughs> Do I like NBA Jam better than wind jammers?
1: Uh, NBA Jam is good, but it's no fucking Windjammers.
0: I've played a lot more NBA Jam, but I think Windjammers might be better. Uh, 53, Shenmue. Yeah, I, I am going to play a, Shenmue sometime classic. in the near future. Uh, 52, Mr. Driller. That was, that's a fucking video game. Rules.
1: Uh, 51, Style Savvy, Fashion Forward.
0: We've been talking about Style Savvy earlier, so...
1: Yeah. Uh, 50, Lunar 2 Eternal Blue. Specifically... Talking about the CD version here. But.
0: Yeah, yeah. We were talking about this the other day. That's, like, a Sega JRPG, right?
1: Um, I mean, it, yeah, it's, like, on Sega CD, and then it was on PlayStation.
0: Okay, 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 okay. This is clicking into place here for me. Um,
1: and just, like, very of an era of anime and anime dubbing that just, like, hits me where I live. So. Uh-huh. Uh, 49 dark Darkstalkers?
0: Yeah, man. Yeah! Uh
1: 48 Fantasy Star 2. I had to pick one and I decided to put my my horses behind Fantasy Star 2, but it could there's it could really go. Like this could change. Mhm. You know. Uh 47. I don't know if I've been if I've been saying the numbers right, but Yeah. 47 have. uh Street Fighter Three, Third Third Strike.
0: It's really funny that I put two Street Fighter games on my list and neither of them are as good as Third Strike. Yeah, you're just
1: wrong. Third <laughs> Strike is the greatest Street Fighter game ever fucking made. Uh, the the animations in it are fucking beautiful. Man. <coughs> 9,
0: 8, 7, 6.
1: <laughs> 46 Rival Schools.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Uh, forty-five money puzzle
0: exchanger. So I was roasting you because I was like, "What is this fake super puzzle fighter bullshit?" <laughs> because I'd never heard of this, and I Google it, and I'm like, "This is this is um like this is like '90s anime like Slayer, Rare, th- Precure." Really, to
1: me, it feels like. Um... Oh, why am I drawing Card a blank? Capture? No, there's this, like, Neko show. Oh, oh, fuck. Why am I drawing a blank on it?
0: What's this called?
1: Um... This is not giving me the...
0: This is not getting us know, where we want.
1: I feel like it's, like, Neko Neko something. Why am I... I don't know. This is gonna be, uh, it's going to bother me. But, um... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, you, you just googled cat girl show, yeah.
1: I mean, I know that's gonna give me a lot, but it's like one of the fucking cat girl shows, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's one of the big fucking cat girl shows. Why am I not? Why can't I remember? This is taking too long, and I just need somebody to like say it, I think, like comment, uh-huh. right? Yeah. I'm sure by the, by then I will have figured it Can out. Can
0: you please click on that Wikipedia article down there that was called list of cat girls and cat boys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, what Tokyo a- Mew Mew. Tokyo Mew Mew. Tokyo Mew Mew. It's Tokyo extremely Mew Tokyo, Mew. Tokyo Mew Mew to me. Yeah, Money Puzzle Exchanger is um, Tokyo Mew Mew plus Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. Um, and I was roasting you for this. And then you told me the next game on your list
1: Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo.
0: Yeah, <laughs> great game. To be fair,
1: uh, 43 Persona 4 Arena Ultimax.
0: I was looking Played at the, a lot of this game. I was looking at the cover art of this the other day, and the the fucking Yu Narakami with his shirt unbuttoned, buttoned, looking so rugged and you know,
1: yeah. I I hate what this game did to the characters. Uh huh. The way that it treated all of the characters that I love um <coughs> I did play it a lot I did kick a lot of people's ass as ga so yeah uh 42 the Legend of Zelda Oracle of ages slash seasons because really the way you got to play it is you play one and then the you use the code to play the other and then you get the bonus thing at the end um but just like great to have one that's like really the puzzle side and the other one that's like really the like combat side of like 2d zelda and then you like sort of go through both and there's like stuff that gets parallel between them Uh huh. just a very cool idea also a way to sell me two game boy cartridges as a kid and they it works they did it of course uh 41 horse master the game of horse mastery one of the greatest fucking games ever made what is this you don't know Horse Master, the game of Horse Mastery? I can't say as I do. Oh my god. I know that, that I have to like go to a, a train station really early. Um, and we still haven't talked about Perfect Blue yet. Yeah, but we gotta play all this tonight. It's Horse Master, the game of Horse Mastery. Do you really not know this? No. It's one of the greatest twine games ever fucking made. You have trained your whole life for this moment, the first step in becoming a horse master. you got to buy a horse, your own horse. Which of these do you want to click? You can do you, horse master, or your own horse. Uh, hit me with you. Sturdy, calloused, windblown. I'll go
0: back. Uh, can I get a horse master?
1: A master of horses. A coveted position with tenure, hard won, in. In reward for excellence in horse mastery across all disciplines.
0: Well, I guess I'm going to buy my own horse. The salesman left the
1: factory showroom a few moments ago to talk to the foreman about incorporating some of your specifications into your horse. You are alone with your thoughts while a scuffed plexi screen buzzes some sun-faded government propaganda.
0: Well, there's a lot of things to click here, but I'm kind of most curious about the sun-faded government propaganda. Rebel groups
1: defeated. Peace respoor- restored through strength of morals. President, life is a succession of di- disappointments. Labor satisfaction, all-time high. Joanna's baby bump? You heard all this on the bus to the factory showroom anyway. Um... <clears throat> give me my thoughts. That salesman seemed to think you didn't know what you were talking about regarding horses. Rehorses. Your father's legacy... The dexabrom, uh, dexabro or er, dexo uh tension, skipping your molars against each other, as you give off sparks. What is taking so long already?
0: Well, I want you to click the word you couldn't pronounce.
1: Schedule two controlled substance. The nightly trip is essential. Uh, is essentially a job requirement for the mastery of horses in order to react to. <clears throat> with an almost unconscious speed for their powerful movements and keep yourself alive for continued mastery of horses. <clears throat> now that you're striking out on your own, you've upped your dosage to a professional level, hence your obnoxiously chattering teeth all morning.
0: Um, dosage to a professional level
1: the FDA recommends no more than six milliliters administered nightly, the generally accepted wisdom in the professional horse master community is the so-called perfect ten. Ten milliliters intravenously over a six-hour period. <clears throat> As of three days ago, you have graduated yourself into professional pharmaceutical level. Let's do this.
0: Um, I guess obnoxiously chattering my teeth all morning? We're back to okay. the factory showroom. Um your specifications, I guess. We'll just keep working backwards through this list.
1: The Dexo has met your giddy excitement about purchasing your first horse and is making your second guess making you second guess everything. Did you remember to ask for everything and in the proper order? Is that why the salesman was so put off by you?
0: Let's see. You wanted a Uh Europa Trotter. No okay, it's fine. The Carolina coffin breath called to me after immediately after I
1: Too late. Of course, a Europa Trotter, just like the first horse you ever saw. Maybe you're overly sentimental. Most uh, horsemasters regard this breed as having poor hoof formation due to do its impure bloodlines. <clears throat> but a well-built Europa can still strum your wonder strings. They can range in color from hashtag F9F9F9 F9, F9, to as dark as uh, hash 646270.
0: I'm going to take over reading because you're getting hoarse. Yeah. And their musculature, temperament, and sheen can vary just as wildly depending on how well-mastered they are. Um, We can click here, that's right, that's the horse I ordered, or, well, that's not what I said at all. Could you please click that for me? Uh, We're going to go with Carolina Coffin Breath. Sure, the Carolina Coffin Breath, consistently the choice of all the top international horsemasters. Achieving horse mastery with a coffer would mark you as a bold new talent operating at the highest skill level of all horsemasters. The coloration is always a deep black, and such as devours all light striking, and it's a fucking full and cloak. For... <laughs> um, they normally stand no taller than 16 hands, but grow elaborate carapaces that intimidate all other breeds. There's no way Dad would have ever purchased a premium breeder like a coffer, but he's not here. Please click. That's the horse I came in for.
1: Fuck your dad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the salesman left the factory of showroom... We have more here. You are waiting on the completion of your custom-bred Carolina coffin breath sitting in one place for so long that on the decks of Brimmedine uh, is doing funny things with your... Cl- please click. Sense of time passing slash not passing. For example, you are certain that the salesman will have entered the far set of double doors. He will have had chuckling at his private joke and will have and click and then the sale and the salesman enters from a far set of double doors he's chuckling at his private joke and wiping his still wet fingers on his damp tie sheena says she's never heard of a carolina coffin breath with specs like this before but it's not outside the scope of theoretical musculature load he sniffs frankly i've been in the horse business for 18 years and i think you're just showing off grow a horse to these levels well it's like you aren't taking these noble animals seriously You are not impressed by his lack of vision.
1: Uh, We're not going to play all this game tonight because it it is kind of long and we haven't even gotten to the part where
0: you're managing specs. Oh, Jesus. But (laughs) I feel like I've gotten a taste for uh, Horse Master, the game of Horse Mastery.
1: Yeah. One of the greatest horse games ever made. Fuck off. Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh,
0: 40. Silent Hill 3. It's a great game. I haven't played it. Well, I've played one dungeon of it.
1: Heather with her hair, Heather after she kills God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 39. The Dome Pachi. What is that? It's a shmup.
0: Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes.
1: The Dome Pachi. Can I say the next one? Yeah. 38.
0: Garo, Mark of the Wolves. Fucking great. Fucking great game. Um, We've been playing a lot of Garo this year. We're.
1: Only uh the only uh fighting game better than it
0: are kind of heart too. It's a, that game shows up on Will It Kill quite a bit and it seems pretty good. Seems pretty good. Uh 36 Devil Survivor. That is the third SMT game on this list.
1: 35 Tokyo Mirage Sessions hash FE Encore or Sharp FE Encore.
0: Uh four.
1: 34, Atelier Shally, uh, Alchemist of the Dusk Sea.
0: I would love to get into the Atelier games. Hasn't happened yet.
1: 33, The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker.
0: It's a classic game.
1: Greatest 3D Zelda. So true, Queen. 32, Daytona! Daytona! <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Take Ba-ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-da! laughs>
1: Let's go away. <sighs> played so much Daytona USA both <laughs> Xbox Live Arcade and also anytime I see it in a real arcade.
0: I should put Daytona on the Steam Deck. So good.
1: So good. 31, We Know the Devil. Great game. Great game. Uh 30, Final Fantasy 3. Which Final Fantasy 3? Final Fantasy 3. Okay,
0: okay. I just just I knew I wanted to clarify. I know no. you're not a six person.
1: Uh 29 Rock Band.
0: That's the correct plastic guitar game to have on this list. It's the one where there's
1: like other stuff. You could do the mic, you could do the drums.
0: I would also accept Guitar Hero. That's the other. Yeah. Game. Uh
1: 28
0: Xenogears? This is just here for the soundtrack. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I mean the game's cool too uh 27 Gravity Rush I felt kind of bad for having Gravity Rush 1 over 2 on my list um and I sort of justified that but uh felt very validated to see that you also had Gravity Rush 1
1: 26 Parasite Eve
0: I had it 23 we're I'm pretty in lockstep on Parasite Eve being one of the greats
1: yeah uh 25 Rhythm Tengoku
0: the second best rhythm heaven game 24 Taiko no Tatsujin We've really gotten into the rhythm game portion of your list. Now that we got through the fighting game portion of your list.
1: Uh, 23, The Veil, a a tabletop role-playing game. Not a video game. More, Mine says Nia's top 100 games.
0: Less of a video game than uh, PictoChat, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Played a
1: ton of The Veil. I really like the emotions being the thing that your stats are based around because it just always sort of turns the game a little bit more introspective in a way that I really want from like a kind of noirish cyberpunk game. Uh-huh. 22, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance.
0: That snowball fight is so cute. Yeah.
1: Uh, 21, Retro Game Challenge. I, the localization in this is fucking incredible. I also would like a, more direct Japanese translation just because it would be interesting to see their representation of like Japanese game culture and Japanese magazines.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 20, Shin Megami Tensei 4. Number 5. Number 5 SMT game on this list. Uh,
1: 19, DJ Max, Technica Tune.
0: Is this a rhythm game? Yeah. Okay.
1: I think this is specifically. The Vita one, which is what I played the most of, but there's also, like, a sort of concurrent but slightly different songs arcade that I've also played and, like, had the card for. So. <clears throat> uh, Final Fantasy 7, number 8.
0: Yeah. Third Final Fantasy.
1: 17, Digital Level Saga. 6. 16, Grandia 2.
0: Video games. Video fucking games.
1: Do you know... Grandia 2 the the RPG.
0: Yeah, no, I don't I haven't played Grandia 2. I just look at okay. pictures of Grandia 2 sometimes or li- hear listen to the soundtrack when it comes up on uh soothing PS1 RPG music. Yeah.
1: Okay. I just I, I just want to make sure you didn't think I was saying like Gradius or something. No, no. No. Uh 15 Radiant Historia.
0: Not an SMT game, but it almost counts.
1: It's it's just really good. It's the most like Nora hasn't played it, right? No. It just feels Nora coded to me. Yeah. Uh, fourteen Devil Summoner Soul Hackers. Seven. Thirteen, Persona Two Innocent Sin and Eternal Punishment.
0: Eight. Ha, ah ah. Nine. Ah ah ah. Twelve King
1: Kaban Show Badass Rumble. What is that? Uh, so it's like a sort of beat-em-up, uh, more in the vein of, like, Yakuza fighting stuff, and it's on, like, a schedule, like, there's, like, time, and it's across, like, the summer vacation, like, this, this school trip that you're taking. This sounds incredible. <clears throat> and you're a school delinquent, and you, so you have, like, one goal, which is to become the biggest Boncho in all of Tokyo, and in order to do this, you basically have to...
0: I think I did Control-T, and this is a Mac, and so I needed to do Command-T. Wait, T? For Tab. This looks fucking amazing. How is this not the most popular video game of all time? In order to
1: become the biggest Boncho in all of Tokyo, or in all of Japan, you have to, like, skip all of the story content that happens with the class trip. Or you can try and do oh. class trip stuff, but then you're probably not going to be doing enough of the fighting and stuff to do the biggest show. <clears throat> and so it's this thing of, like, you're constantly missing out on content somewhere, no matter how you play it. And I love it.
0: <laughs> this looks amazing! I understand now, um... You, you should check out uh, Friends of Ringo Ishikawa. Um... I think after we finish this list, we should take a little break to get some water for each of us and then come back and do Perfect Blue. Uh,
1: 11, Initial D, Arcade Stage, Version 3.
0: Hell yeah. It's a great game. I have nothing to say about it.
1: Uh, 10, Outrun 2. Yeah! I specifically have two here because I think of the arcade game more. Mm -hmm. That's what I've played the most of.
0: Yeah. Uh, 9, I have 2006 because that's the one with the PC port that I'm playing right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nine, Black Knight. We have talked about Black Knight, the pinball table uh, on Greatest
1: pinball ever, table ever made. You can technically play it in pinball arcades, so there is a video game version of it. I, I would have... But ex- I'm talking about the table. I'm yeah. talking about the table. Yeah. Any time I see this table, I fucking have to play it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, eight, Xenostag episode one, Der Will
0: this is the one with the Yasunori Mitsudo soundtrack. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh seven, Persona Four.
0: Dead SMT games. Ah, ah,
1: ah, ah, ah. Six, Tulip. Yeah. Five Story of Seasons.
0: This is the just This is the first one after the like Harvest Moon yeah. breakup.
1: Yeah. Um. And mostly because so there's this thing where like you can grow flax and turn it into linen,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like, thread, and then turn that into, like, dye it, I think, first. I mm-hmm. forget if you dye and turn it into cloth or turn in the cloth and then dye it, but, like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that, and then you can make clothing out of it. And so it's, like, you grow this thing, and then there's, like, all these processes, and you're, like, also getting the stuff that you can make the dyes. And This is um, what I want
0: Stardew Valley to do more. Yeah. You know?
1: So there's just all these steps, and then, like, and you don't have to do this if you don't want to, but I ended up, like, my character is doing, like, basically selling fashion stuff, but that I, like, drew the crops for it myself. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, really losing my voice now.
0: Yeah. I'm getting worried about our ability to cover Perfect Blue, but it might be fine.
1: For we are Katamari.
0: We love Katamari.
1: 3, Final Fantasy 10 and 10-2. They kind of have to go together for me. Yeah,
0: they, they go on one disc on the PS4, they go in one spot on this list.
1: Um, just truly one of the greatest games ever made. But not as good as Etrian Train Odyssey 3 Drowned City. I love the Etrian Odyssey games so much. And
0: then number one, Rhythm Heaven. Chrono Cross. I suppose. Hey! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chrono Cross, the greatest game ever made.
0: What a shocker. What a twist ending.
1: Yeah. Shall I make a mark and we'll, we'll go get some water?
0: Just pause it. Just, just stop the recording. Oh, yeah. We really had it all this episode of Stairwells. We've had body breaks. We've had asthma. We've had interruptions by cats. Yeah. We've... We're two and a half hours into the podcast and we're about to start talking about the movie. <laughs> it's episode one hundred, baby. <laughs> we're fucking perfect blue. Back. Uh more like a perfect movie.
1: Yeah. Fucking rules.
0: Alright, well where can people find you on? The- <laughs> um
1: <clears throat> I mean first like movie by Kon Satoshi, mm-hmm. uh, from nineteen ninety seven. Um, I first saw this as the VHS copy with the dub from a local movie theater or like movie uh, rental place um, back when I was younger, and kind of because I like knew about anime, mm-hmm. but I kind of like. I had this idea of what anime was, and it was a thing that, like, to some degree blew my mind, where it was, like... Because I also hadn't seen that many V-Cinema stuff yet. Mm -hmm. And this is really doing, like, V-Cinema stuff, too. But it's just, like... One, the level of, like, animation is fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. I feel like his later stuff is, like, more polished. But this is still just fucking incredible. Um... And also, it's just doing something that feels... I mean, there's plenty of anime that's kind of like this too, but especially, like, for when I saw it, it just felt like, damn, they're, like, doing shit with animation over there.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, there's just, like, a, I One of the things we were talking about is, like, a thing that's gonna recur throughout uh, Cohen's career is, like, these match cuts and stuff, and and in the way perfect blue does them because there's a little less polish it like brings so much ambiguity into what you're even looking at that just feels like pushing the medium of animation to its limits and really expressing what animation can do that like live action cinema cannot um that i think is like a thing that cone explores all throughout his career but um It hits in a different way in this very, like, rough movie. You know? Yeah. Should we summarize Perfect Blue for people who don't know what it is? Um... Do we do that on this podcast? Some,
1: some, not really, I mean...
0: Well, okay, if you don't know what Perfect Blue is, um, Mima is a, um, pop idol, um, part of a group named Cham, um... (laughs) And she is under pressure from her agency to give up her career as an idol to pursue a career in acting. Um, and over the course of some months, she starts to kind of lose her grip on reality as she navigates this weird and woolly world of, like, you know, pushing sexual boundaries in the workplace and demanding schedules and fandom and... Um, lines blurring between reality and, um, everything, and murders sort of start to happen around her that she begins to wonder, is she the one committing the murders because she's so lost in, um, you know, identity stuff? Um, and actually it turns out that the one doing the murders is her, um, is her manager who is, like, jealous... Um, The the Jealous is underselling all the complicated stuff going on in Rumi's motivations, but we can break that down. There's like
1: little bits of like, you don't get like a full thing about what her background is, but you get little details where you know that like she was a pop idol. Um, One note is we watched this together and then the next day I watched it with Mm Narissa. I I didn't force you to watch it with Narissa, which is, I think... Good overall because she didn't have she didn't talk too much during the movie and a lot of it was her just like pointing out stuff because she was gonna talk about it more mm. after and talk about details but uh, <clears throat> I think she's like generally more aware of idol culture in Japan and also like the history of that uh-huh. she also cares a lot about like 80s and stuff mm. and so when this is set is it a- is a period where like idol culture is having a lull period. It's not very profitable. Not a lot of people are into it. There's obviously still, like, fans. But it's, like, become this more niche thing. Um, The internet is about to blow it up again. Right. And you get the little hints of, like, the internet's coming.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But
1: also, before this period, when... And, you you know, you learn that, like, Rumi was sort of a failed uh, pop idol. And just judging by like generally her age and when that time period would have been was probably when it was a more lucrative Mm -hmm. like thing, a more lucrative industry. And she fell out of that. And now she's like managing this person who she thinks really has talent and could make it big, but is in like a, a period where people don't care. And so they're not putting the like stuff behind her as an idol. And so she's, like, over-investing in Mm -hmm. uh, Mima's success, specifically as an idol. And so Rumi... Becomes obsessed with this idea, then, of, like, becoming the ideal
0: Mima. And has this sort of break from reality where she kills the screenwriter who does a sex scene that is going to tarnish uh, Mima's image. Kills the photographer who pushes her to... Um, like undress, um, in this like, you know, like this sexually exploitative way, um, and further like tarnishes Mima's image. Um, and Surumi kills him. Um, gets. Um, R- Mima has like an obsessive like otaku fan, and like is getting him to what is. He wants him... she wants him to murder Mima in the end. Is that? It seems like that's kind of
1: part of it. I, or I, I, he I, becomes like obsessed, somewhat with her guidance, but also maybe somewhat of his own of like murdering the fake Mima, which he thinks is yes, like the main character.
0: Yeah. Um. But anyway, so um, like things come to a head be- after this, like otaku uh uh obsessive fan of mima's like they have this um you know yeah encounter and the then... real
1: mima saying to eliminate the
0: imposter mm-hmm. uh and uh mima he attempts to like rape her and kill her and mima like hits him in the head with a fucking hammer um and he dies rumi um like ...takes Mima home to comfort her, but then Mima realizes she's not in her home. She is in a, like, perfect reproduction of her home, basically. And that Rumi has been the one who has been orchestrating all these murders, basically. Yeah,
1: and also is realizing it because, like... There's a part after she has to shoot the sex scene that's, like, a rape sex scene. Mm -hmm. She goes and realizes that she hasn't been feeding her, her pet fish enough... She's been stressed with everything. I
0: thought, I thought the implicate. I thought seeing it this time, the implication was that Rumi killed the fish. Maybe. I thought, I thought that Rumi killed the fish in such a way that Mima was going to blame herself.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it could be that. It could be, um, there's theories that, like, Rumi is sort of drug, there's parts where, like, mima is waking up in in bed but it's like more confusing and she's like not sure where she got there and that could be like Rumi drugging her and yeah and taking absolutely. her places
0: and stuff i didn't think about um, that but it would totally click
1: i mean it could be a, but she realizes that her fish are dead um and then she finally has it's a great scene in it where she just finally after having all these things of being like oh yeah you know uh of course i had some hesitation but like Blah blah blah, like all the like nice things that you have an actress has to say about these like roles that you take, because you need to like do mm-hmm. that to continue to get ahead in the industry. <clears throat> she sees that her fish is are dead, and she's just like finally is like breaking down, screaming like, "Of course, I didn't want to do the scene and like mm-hmm. destroying your room and like tears down the like old champ poster and stuff." And so the recreation of the the room is like, not only are the fish alive, but like. The posters there. The flowers are still up. Like. The
0: fish aren't alive. They have. Rumi has little toy fish. Oh yeah. 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 Has like fake fish.
1: Yeah, but it's like all the stuff are as it was like before she became before an this act. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, this leads to you know really iconic chase sequence. Um, where a thing that has been happening throughout the movie, but really comes to bear in, um, this iconic chase sequence is that as in all Kone Satoshi movies, um, there's just fat phobia that is like really like core to the moral universe of the film. And it sucks. Um, that doesn't change the fact that this chase sequence is really good, you know? Um, yeah. and, uh, Basically, Mima is screaming for help, and no one's coming to help. Um, A, like, window um, gets shattered, and, um, like, Mima, I forget what she throws into the window. Uh, So,
1: Mima, like, rips off the wig that Rumi Rumi is wearing, wearing, throws it. It goes in with the window. Like, Rumi leans over to get it, because she's freaking out. Yeah. She doesn't have the hair. Yeah. Gets stabbed, uh, is then like in shock and in pain, stumbles out into the street, sees the lights of like an oncoming semi mm-hmm. and thinks that it's like the, the, the spotlight. Yeah. The spotlights of the stage. Mr. DeMille. I'm ready yeah. for my close up. Reaches out her arms to like embrace the light basically. And then, uh, Mima tackles her out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this, this ending, that you know we'll we'll probably talk about this uh yeah, yeah um where it's like later it's in some like uh you know psychiatric hospital uh mima is is visiting Rumi it seems like um and Rumi's still like I'm the real Mima or whatever kind of mm-hmm. um and then leaves like briefly like the doctor talks to her and he's like this really uh V cinema asked performance of a doctor. Uh huh. She walks past and some nurses are like, Oh, was that like uh This you famous know, actress? Yeah, that that famous actress, like Akiragoe Mima. Mm-hmm. Um and like, no, why would she come here? Basically, mm-hmm. she just looked like her or whatever. Um, and then goes to her car. That's like a very V cinema end of the movie, like beautiful, like field and whatever, like mm-hmm. sky mm-hmm. with the car. But it's Rumi's car and she gets in the car and she looks in the mirror and says, and it's Rumi's voice actress, like, I'm still me or whatever.
0: Yeah. And she takes off the glasses and looks into the rearview mirror, which is yeah. just yeah, like, no, I'm real. Yeah. Is what she says. Um, great <clears throat> fucking movie. Great yeah. movie. Um, and it's just like, it it works on two levels. This is my second time seeing it. Um, and the first time I saw it works very well as I'm tr- watching the movie trying to solve the mystery. Because, it, you know, you watch it and it's feels like it's too easy for the obsessive fan to be the killer, right? And so I think that this is building toward mima is the real killer and then you get the rug pulled out from under you and it's rumi who like i certainly did not suspect the first time i saw But him then the movie. obsessive
1: fan who you're like no he's actually just a sweet guy he's just kind of weird about it but he like actually cares about her but then no. he turns out to be a shit too yeah
0: yeah but there's
1: like a certain there's enough stuff where you're like oh he's a nice guy like right you know he's like kind of weird and he's a little obsessive but like he means well he's not he's not a threat but right. then he becomes a threat
0: yes yes
1: um so then it is like oh but also he's he's like more a part of this than i th- i thought he was just a red herring and he's actually more of a part of this
2: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah and um so like the reveal that like rumi is the killer and all this stuff i think it all works as a mystery and then also you like Um, you watch it a second time and like, you can really appreciate how the mystery is constructed. I felt like, like the way everything comes together and also, you know, the mystery is sort of to the side of the thing that I really care about, which is like, you know, like just this beautiful study of like how like these culture industries exploit young women. Um, I just think that like the, the, The simulated rape scene is, like, just such intensely powerful, like, movie making, you know? Yeah,
1: it's like, I mean, there are are a lot of Hollywood movies as well that are about this kind of stuff and how, like, the industry chews up women. I don't think it's unique, I just think it's really good. It's not unique, it's done really well, and there's also, and I'm sure, like... Doing the voice acting for that was probably still not mm-hmm. the greatest or whatever. But also the fact that it is animated, like, one, it, it still remains hard to watch. But also, it is, like, depicting what would happen on set without have, having to actually recreate that to the same level. Yeah. With, like, an actual actress having a guy on top of her.
0: It do- It's not doing the thing of having its cake and eating t- it, too. You know? Yeah. Like, the only demand that is being put on this actress is scream like you are being assaulted but she does not have to act it out physically also if somebody
1: knows that they actually like rotoscoped this and they actually filmed or whatever let me know i'll feel worse uh, about this but
0: well well you know I, I don't know that i'll feel worse about it i'll feel thornier about it you yeah know? thornier yeah yeah uh i'll i'll feel weird about it and like in a, I don't know we'll we'll see anyway um, if, if people haven't seen the movie, this basically Mima gets offered this role <laughs> where it's, it lines up so perfectly with the struggles that she's having in real life, where it's this character who gets raped. And after, um, she is raped, she has this like personality break where she becomes a serial killer. Right. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and then is like dreaming that she's, uh, or, the part of it is that she thinks that her she's her sister who's a model. Uh-huh. Um, and that all of the the like other stuff that happened to her is like a different person. hmm You know? And it's like doing that like real cheesy pop science dissociative identity sort totally, of stuff. Totally, totally. This this <clears throat> new... But also as a way that throws up another red herring of like, oh, is this really what's happening to Mima?
0: Mm-hmm. And the, the, the scene is, like, basically, she's on set shooting this, and there's all these men crowding around her. She's, like, supposed to be a stripper at a bar who gets, like, pinned down by the men at the bar, and one of them rapes her. Um, And, and like, you get the sort of behind-the-scenes, like, there's this guy and he's, like, whispering sorry in her ear, um, but she just has to be a good sport about everything, and then the director is, like, hold it, and so they have to, like, stay in this awkward pose while the cameras shuffle around, and then it's action, and it's, you know, it's happening. Like, the, the most horrible thing you can imagine is just happening right there on the screen. Um, and then you cut to, like, Rumi and one of the other managers are in the other room watching on the monitors, and they're just, like, they're sick watching it. Um,
1: Like, Rumi, like, breaks down crying and
0: leaves. And there's, like, 12 monitors up on this wall. You get, like, all this coverage, you know, all the different, um, all these different angles of just this horrifying thing that's happening, you know. Um, It's a really powerful fucking scene. Um, and then, you know, afterward, the, the male manager, not, not Rumi, but the other manager, um, is, like, try, tries to, like, sympathize with her, but all he can manage is, like, let me go buy you a steak, you know? <laughs> That's, like, yeah. all he can manage, because he doesn't actually know what it was like to be in her shoes, um, and doesn't really want to put in the work to find that out, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's also this like, cause the the ending is like, kind of cheesy. Um,
0: it is cheesy.
1: Yeah, but it works for me because one, uh, and so like Nerissa was like going into she's more in the theory crafting about it in a way that I think the fact that like this ending contradicts so much stuff in the movie is part of like what makes it work for me. Um. But, like, everywhere else in the movie, reflections always show you the true image. So, when you're seeing the, like, idealized form of Mima, the reflection will always show you, like, Rumi dressed as Mima. mm mm-hmm. Stuff like that. <clears throat> um. I think, also, there is a part... I don't know if this one's as accurate or not. She wasn't sure of this, either. But that the part where um, Mima sings her, like, farewell song at the very beginning... That's sung by Rumi's voice actress, but then also at the end you get so it's like Rumi's voice actress. Um, The mirror still just shows like her though, but then is it like a change in perspective? Is this Rumi who has taken over, and then some of that doesn't make sense for like who would actually like take these girls to the hospital and then get that confused. Right. Because they don't look that much alike. No. Um, But anyway, so there's like various theories about, is it actually Rumi at the end who's in the car or whatever? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's her car, all of those kinds of stuff. Um, But to me, part of what's interesting about it is at the very end, it gives you this really V cinema twist ending that calls attention to the way that this has been a thing about what's what's reality and what's cinema has been a thing recurring throughout it. Uh-huh. And then the ending is specifically being like, the movie itself is also cinema. You're watching cinema the whole time. Mm-hmm. The Each, whole thing is a fucking movie.
0: Eat your heart out, Chris Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> um, <coughs> um, I, the thing that I I really like about this, um, you know... Um, and th- th- I think it's corny, right? Like, I think it is, like... Well, when we watched it the other day, I didn't know that stuff about Rumi's voice actress and the Rumi's car and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, it just feels like it wraps a nice, neat little bow on the movie. And if it had ended with the nurses being like, is that is that Mima? No way. Couldn't be Mima. It would have worked a little better for me. But also, the way in which it's sort of, like doesn't work for me feels very appropriate. You know, it feels like it is of the genre that it is a love letter to. Um, And, and similarly to what you were saying, like there's the doctor doing the like misunderstood pop psychology explanation of dissociative identity disorder. There's also like, that is an actor. That is a type of character we have seen in the movie because the type of movie And TV show that Mima keeps being cast in is like, you know, the, the spunky female detective and the, the the, dour male doctor. Yeah, the
1: spunky female detective is like, I think that, uh, the killer keeps killing women because he wants to be a woman.
0: Yeah. 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 And like, (laughs) it's a very, it's one, it's a type of movie and television show that we love and we talk about on this podcast. A lot. <laughs> and also, um, it is like, um, what's what, what am I reaching for here? It just feels, yeah, like the way in which like, the ending of the movie is very neat and tidy fits into that. And then, you know, learning this stuff and the way that it is ambiguous, I, I don't think it being ambiguous doesn't undercut the aspect where it's corny, but it does make it work a little better for me. Yeah. You
1: know? Um, also, the, like, Paranoia Agent is the TV show he makes. There are a number of episodes of Paranoia Agent where you watch it and you go, ah, this is kind of the Perfect Blue episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Perfect Blue episode is about a woman with, like, you know, the dissociative identity disorder, or, you know, plural. Um, and it's basically about, like there's one personality that wants to be a prim and proper housewife, basically. And there's another personality that wants to be a sex worker.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the two of them are like at odds. And there's like a breakdown of communication that's happening. Um, and some of it is like an update where I think. Kon Satoshi's probably a little bit more aware of like how, even though he's in this intentionally playing into like, this is a V cinema trope. It's also, like, there's a certain pop pop psychology representation. And I'm not saying that the representation in Paranoia Agent is great. But it's better. And it does have, like, the therapist being, like, the two of you need to, like, communicate more and talk about things. You can't just throw away her shit. Mm. Like, you know, like, more of that side of, like, these are just, like, two different personalities that have to talk to each other and, like, figure stuff out. You can't just, like, be bad roommates, basically. (laughs) Um, But then the whole thing is this, like... Pushing it even more explicitly in the way that I think is here in this movie, this, like, dichotomy and uh, contradiction that exists in, like, you know, all sorts of culture, including U.S. culture and Japanese culture, where... Mima, the pop idol, is still definitely, like, sexualized in some ways. Like, she's wearing that really yeah. short skirt and stuff. But it's, like, a but it's sort childish... of this, like, Yeah, childish, like, kind of pu- uh, cute, pure... Not cute. Mm-hmm. Pu- I was combining them yeah. accidentally. I, I wasn't going to um, roast you for that one. Yeah, but, like, you know, pure and cute and, like, that kind of stuff. And there's, like, a certain innocence there. And then the, like, actress is, like, doing this V-Cinema stuff that's, like... The more raunchy, like uh, it's going to be real risque and have some some you know uh, sketchy scenes, stuff like that. But that's like the more you know, it it's the the especially like Christian version of it is the like Madonna and the whore, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but and, there's and, all sorts of variations on this,
0: and like. You know, I think, like, one of the things that this movie does that is, like, the classic thing that these types of movies do is that you get, like, the bit where the photographer is taking the, um, the photos and you're, like, aware that, like, Mima is being, like, sexually exploited in the way that we have seen time and again throughout the movie. And also, it's, like, a little bit of, like, this is what you're fucking here for. You know, this yeah. is why you rented this VHS is to see some boobs. Here you fucking go, jackass. Yeah. You know, you enjoy all <clears throat> the killing.
1: Um. Yeah, and so also some of the ending for me also works with in the ambiguity of, like, the actual thing that we ex- often have to exist in is the cute and innocent perfect Mima is not a thing that you want to be, because that's not a real human being. Mm-hmm. That's an idealized, uh, and like very reductive way of thinking about like women and womanhood. Mm-hmm. That someone like uh you know, Yusung in in Mystic Messenger or Nobu and <laughs> Nana might <my> take. Um <laughs> And then obviously like there's still that impulse that you have from that where you then like having to do this rape scene is a traumatic thing and you go home and you're like crying and shouting of course I don't want to do that and trashing your apartment
2: because
1: mm. of course you didn't want to do that mm. but the thing that exists is some thing in between or some other like yeah. and so I... the for me some of the ending also works of like part of like Mima coming to a, a better ending is incorporating the certain amount of the roomy inside of her uh-huh. that is mad about the things that she is asked to do and has to do in order to make it uh-huh. as an actress uh-huh and being able to embrace that and make it part of herself yeah but then also still not being held back by this image of the idealized cute girl who you have to be forever
0: yeah and that like because you, you still
1: like i think the biggest thing for me of if if you are going to theory craft of like no Something else is happening with it being Rumi's voice actress because this isn't Rumi. Because Rumi wouldn't be an actress, that's not what Rumi wants. Right, she doesn't want the Mima who's an actress.
0: And the, the, the thing and that... so uh,
1: yeah, I, I think some of it is there's also an acknowledgement of the way that everything that then transpired and the way that like it comes out of it. Mima is now a person who is in some ways like supplanted. Mm-hmm. Rumi, in the way that Rumi wanted to disappoint me
0: Yes. Yes. Um. It's like the thing that I have found so interesting about um, Risei in Persona 4 is that, like, you know, she wants to have a real self, and sort of the thing that she's coming to is that, like, the real self, there's not this ever going to be this, like, clean synthesis where, like, there is a real her. It's like the real her is this, like, weird mashups of all the different like masks she has to put on, you know? Um, and so the, the ending of the movie leaning into that for Mima is like good and interesting. And like, you know, it's what you want. Yeah. So Um, yeah,
1: the, the ending works for me, but also it works for me because of how much it's just acknowledging that this whole thing has been a corny V cinema movie.
0: Yeah. 24 lies a second. Yeah. <laughs> uh um,
1: twenty-four really well drawn lies the second.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um there's just the match cut yeah. very, very early in the movie of like there's like a match cut of like her in the cham outfit looking out over the crowd and then like to her buying milk at the grocery store that I just think it's like it's the whole fucking movie in one little match cut and I think it's amazing, you know? Yeah.
1: Um also, like, on any given day, any uh, Kon movie is my favorite Kon movie, except for Paprika. Mm-hmm. Um, but truly, there's something special to this one in particular, because all the other ones have this level of polish, and this one is just so incredible to see, like, yeah. There's a thing that I think, like, M said on the, like, Top 100... Video games, VoIP thing, uh, that was, like, part of the charm of Guitar Hero is that they're just making a good game, and everything after that felt like a victory lap. Mm-hmm. And part of, like, Perfect Blue for me is it's just, like, he just fucking did it.
0: Yeah. And, like, I think it it is impossible for me to argue, like, Millennium Actress is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. Millennium Actress is... But it's a- also a
1: victory lap, because he made fucking Perfect Blue.
0: Right, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That, like, I all the rough edges of Perfect Blue um, make it the movie that I, I love a little bit more, even if, holy shit, Millennium Actress, you know? Yeah.
1: Uh, he has uh, three... Movies that are all the best movie ever made. So true. Uh, and they're all my favorite movie that he's made.
0: We talked about doing a 100 best movies of all time list. And the problem is that, like, I was, like, 100 games. That's kind of tough. We could do 100 movies so easy. It would be The simple. reason why it would
1: be tough is there would just be so much shit where it's like, I, we, I have to cut something and I don't want to. Yeah.
0: 100 is just not enough.
1: You do the 100 games list, and you're like, here's the part where it's just some stuff that I kind of, like, have nostalgia about, or, like, have this weird connection to. Here's the stuff that's, like, I just kind of find weird and interesting, and, like, if I was actually doing, like, the best video games, and not, like, my top video games, maybe it wouldn't be on here, but, Mm. like... This one's got some really interesting stuff, and I want to highlight it, but it's also not. And then you hit the point where you're like, oh, we've gotten into banger's territory. Um, I feel like top 100 movies would be like, all right, number one, we've just gotten into banger's territory.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. Rebels mm. of the Neon God at 98 or whatever, you know?
1: <laughs> I feel I like got... that would be higher for me, it'd but. Be, it'd you
0: know. be. Rebels of the Neon God would be top 10, pretty darn easy. You know, but, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark is my 99 on the list. I
1: I would really, really have to commit myself to, like, only one movie from a director. And, and then, then, then I like... would, like, be in tears being like, do I do Seven Samurai or do I do Ikiru? Do I do uh, Perfect Blue, or do I do Millennium Actress, like, or I do just, I do Tokyo Godfathers?
0: Like, how do I make the list where I have to choose between Goodbye Dragon Inn and Rebels and the Neon God, right? Like, yeah. Fundamentally, just like, I don't know, I might pick Goodbye Dragon Inn, and I don't feel good about that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'll pick Goodbye Dragon Inn, and you'll pick Rebels and the yeah, Neon yeah, God. That and we'll, right, yeah, that feels right. Yeah. <laughs> Man, fucking Rebels and the Neon God. Well, where could people find you online? We're not picking a movie on air this time. Yeah. That's not happening. You
1: can find me at Fox Mom, Nia on Twitter, uh, especially, but also like Cohos, Blue Sky, anything that I I have an account on. Letterboxd, I should actually go through and fill in all the ones that I watched during the strike.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was just intentionally not putting them there. I I won't have dates necessarily, but I'll just put like today's I wrote down date. The dates. You're a little more organized than I am. This is known.
1: I mean, I also just like having in the back of my planner all the movies that I watched that year, so. Mm -hmm. Um, It's always been a thing where I've done it both. Mm hmm So. Um, Go listen to my other podcasts.
0: Go listen to Ghost Divers about Nana. I think that the work that uh, Connor and Nia are doing on Nana is really fucking good. Um, I... I'm very glad that they're doing fewer chapters per episode because the episodes were getting to be too long.
1: <laughs> the th- next episode that we have to record, not the next one coming out. The next one coming out is the... The um...
0: the one that broke you?
1: No. the okay. That one is like... Just came out when we are recording. This. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Uh, the next one coming out is one where we did one volume. The one after that, we're doing one volume, but... Uh... It's the, like, the big fucking volume. Oh. So I'm kind of still dreading that. But I'm also glad that we went down to one volume. Because, God, having to do that with, like, half of another volume? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I might borrow some of your cop- I'd be dead! <laughs> I might borrow some of your copies for Nana for the weekend. Because I found that I was enjoying reading the paper copies of Nana more than I was enjoying it on my iPad. Or my, my Kindle. So, uh... Um, yeah.
1: It's weird because when I when I first read it on the Kindle, I didn't think of it as a a spreads manga because mm-hmm. there there's not really a lot of splash page spreads. There's like usually one at the beginning or the end of chapters or something. Uh huh. But then reading through it with the physical copies, I'm like, I feel like she's so intentional about sometimes how she she lays out panels themselves that the pages are interacting with each other, even though they're like panels
0: yeah so So. i might i might borrow some of your paper copies to um just see if i can you know make it a lighter reading experience on myself um and then i should really either return to you those copies of lone wolf and cub or read them um i don't know if we're doing we talked about doing it for coffee and comic books i don't know that we're still committed to that maybe we'll do like whatever i could talk about it i don't have to do that right now yeah um speaking of well, also oh, oh, go oh, listen oh, oh.
1: to Alf and go listen to Pondering putan. Now, where can people find you? I'll,
0: I'll do mine very quickly. Autumnal underscore coffee on Twitter. Autumnal coffee no underscore on co-host. Uh, and check out Coffee and Comic Books. Obviously, Pardon My Franchise is back, but we've gotten a lot of reactions to the Pardon My Franchise episode, so you don't need me to promote that. Uh, Coffee and Comic Books, this weekend we are going to record our final hunter hunter episode i'm so excited about that um and then i'm so excited to go read other stuff um i was telling rick the other day i'm so extremely glad that we did hunter hunter it has been such a just like enriching experience in my life and also i'm ready to bring some variety into my reading you know so look forward to whatever's next probably not when Wolf and Cub. maybe sometime soon I'd love to do Little Mooka Cub, but probably not next. (laughs) Yeah. So. I am sorry for interrupting your plugs. I feel like I do that a lot.
1: lot. Well, I I finished.
0: Yeah. I just, I did interrupt. Yeah. Is Nanahachi real? Nanahachi is real. Nanahachi
1: is real. And then I was out of the podcast and into the bed. So. true. Good night fucking back yeah we timed it. let's do a movie uh, maybe we're perfectly fucking back yeah by the way we don't have to do the whole we thing don't have to do it. the thing we don't have to do the thing where stuff's gonna go at the front you know what we do have to do we have to like introduce ourselves